Back, everybody. Welcome back to Phil's Recap and Review. Jessica Jones, Season 2, Episodes 11, 12, and 13. The season finale, the recap and review. The episodes are called, a.k.a. Three Lives and Counting. Episode 12, a.k.a. Pray for My Patsy. And Episode 13, a.k.a. Playland. The death of Dr. Frankenweenie. No. So we're back here to talk about the end of Jessica Jones season two. We're here a little bit earlier than normally just to kind of get things done. And Joe worked last night, so I wanted to get him up on air before before he starts passing out for the day. But Jessica Jones season two ended. I have some very specific feelings about the way the season ended. But I do want to say one thing right off the bat about what we were talking about leading into this episode. Usually, it goes Joe's right or I'm right. This was a rare occasion where where both of us and our predictions were kind of right in different ways. We are wrong about certain things, but right about other things. Joe predicted the end of this season that it would be Patsy that killed the mother. I believe that's what you said last week or last episode. And I talked a little bit about the David Tennant situation where I think Joe was a little less excited about the potential of the Purple Man coming back in. Just to get it off the bat... That wasn't my favorite episode of the season, but I'm glad it happened, and I can understand why some people are like, oh, maybe they just they need to get that guy back in the season, so it was a little bit, you know, like shoving it in, but I personally enjoyed it because... Because I was because I was right. Because it's exactly what I wanted it to be. I wanted it to feel a lot like Arkham Knight, where Bruce is constantly haunted by the memory of having to go, come to the point of killing the Joker finally, and he can kind of see him everywhere. That voice is inside him forever. In this episode, this is what his thing was. That's what his thing was. Was in your head, right? So it's like that's what this it was too. It's for her P for her PTSD. Right. I was just about to about say that. It. I bet you didn't hate this as much as you thought you would, because basically she he just worked as the voice of her conscience. Like everything he was saying, he wasn't him. He was her. Everything it was that voice in her mind that he just symbolizes that the feeling of just letting go, saying fuck it, saying uh, use this power. For your own needs and when you get backed into a corner. But also I just have to say for the whole season of Jessica Jones from beginning to end. And some people might feel differently. From This may not be my highest high for one of these Netflix series. But this might be the most consistent season of them all. Because I never felt in the back half of episodes like I did in Daredevil season one. Like I felt in Jessica Jones season one. Like I felt in Parts of Luke Cage and those other and Defenders. And that other show we're not going to talk about. I feel like this season had the best flow. I never felt, I feel like the peak was right in that last episode with everything that happened. And I just think it, it melted into each other perfectly. But I'm not alone. I have with me Joe Dirty Locks and of course the live motherfucking chat. If this is your first time joining us for one of these Jessica Jones reviews, please go back and watch all of our recaps. We've done five, or four other ones. This will be our fifth one, one for the premiere and then for the three episode blocks. And if you want to share your thoughts, you can call in and leave a voicemail at 781-990-8509. We also have a call in line for a little while here at 657-383-1465. You can email me at, at igotissuesman at gmail.com. We've got a couple questions, a couple comments. We're going to go through these two episodes and share our thoughts and get some of your thoughts on this final season. Joe, what are your kind of just general thoughts on the way this season ended up? Ah, So it's... I don't know if it was because of that Kilgrave. I'm getting that. Just so you know. Oh, you're getting echo. Yeah. But, um, so, wow, it's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> 
maybe it was because of the Kilgrave episode, but having to, you know, I'm not big on hallucination-y, dreamy shit, but it fit with the PTSD, so I, I get over it, right? But it puts me in a weird place because I don't particularly love the episode, and that doesn't help it. And then the following episodes and how it, like, the decisions that Jessica makes from that point on and how it winds down through the finale, I kind of felt either ambivalent or I just didn't feel like, I didn't feel satisfied, really. No, fair enough. Fair enough. And are you still hearing yourself? have this big superhero feeling there was no big battle nothing like that and so you know you watch a superhero thing and you go into it expecting that and this ends with some fucking crazy chick taking a pop shot right one shot one kill <laughs> like, and you know the the single bullet does it and i know she wasn't fighting anymore at this point and or anything but you don't expect this from a superhero thing and that goes to the fact that this is a detective thing. This yeah. is a detective drama in the vein of a Chinatown or a, you know, where it's also personal about family kind of or something, something like that. I don't know. And I but, agree with you in concept, Joe, but I think I liked that it didn't feel that way. I think I yeah, liked that yeah. it that it surprised me in a way that I wasn't exactly expecting and that the end of it wasn't some big to do. It just ended quietly and in, in, in a way perfectly to me, you know, in just that small way to show exactly what you're saying, that it's not the kind of show you think it is or not you think it is, but it's not the kind of show that it's not a normal superhero story. It is a more wound down kind of, uh, dark detective story. Like think about all the, all the superpowers that we see in this. Do you still hear yourself, Joe? No. Okay, good. So, uh, so all the superpowers that we do see in this whole thing, right? There is no, <clears throat> it's understated. Yep. Even There's no big super fight, really, besides them two tussling or whatever. And she kicks Jessica's ass pretty quickly most in those few times. So, like, all the superpower things we see, they're not superpowers against superpowers, really, so much as it's, like, I'm really strong and I crush you. Oh. <laughs> like... So it's a very understated superpower show. No, and I, but I, I agree. No, I definitely hear what you're saying. It's more of a smaller story, a personal story. Right. This season's very yep. personal. And I also think this season, and this is where I love it, I guess. And maybe it's just a show for, like a show for, not a show for me. Like no one else can like this show. It's just me. But I like how everything kind of fit. It was a perfect perfect circle. No, no pun intended. Where it started off the beginning of the season. You see Jessica just a fucking mess from everything that happened. Uh, having sex with some fucking random piece of shit dude in the bathroom. Just just like just like feeling as low about herself as she possibly can and all this sort of shit. So in to turn this all around through the course of events of this personal story. That's her accepting who she is. Accepting that she will kill if necessary. And understands that about her. But she knows right from wrong. At least in her mind. At least, at least this is what I took from it. Everyone can take something different. I right. took... She didn't go there to kill the guard, right? No, she but... went there to go do a little bit of poking around, some investing, some a little a little break in and entering, but not necessarily burglaring. But if someone's right? gonna try to kill her and he's a sick fuck that murders people, she has and no qualm. Gonna murder her. Exactly. He's gonna murder her in this situation. There's she... not gonna be any cuffs on, send her to jail. He's gonna kill her. And he knows how to get rid of bodies, most likely. He'll get rid of hers. He'll make it. He'll do something, you know. Or he doesn't even have to. 
She's in my fucking house. I'm her mother's prison guard. She came here to try to kill me. Yep. And to go into the live motherfucking chat for a second, uh, Mike says uh, PCP and PSA. No, I, I missed that. I missed that comment, Mike, but uh, I knew it was funny. I, I lost it there. Wait, Jessica Drew? This isn't Nancy Drew Book Club. Uh, K-Rich says, not, no, no big bad, but big storytelling. Made me happy, uh, but we may have hacked off action viewers. And I agree with that, K-Rich. Some yep. of the people that are there for some of the, the daredevil people yep. that have come through that are hoping to see a similar level of you know, action all the time. Probably this, and, and this isn't a, I'm better than the people. Some people this show isn't going to be for. And just like every other show, you know, there's certain people, that's, it's very rare that you have a show that's just universally appealing or music that's universally appealing. The only thing I can think about is Bob Marley. You know, like there's not many people that say shitty. next season though to be highly action-packed and power-packed and filled. I, I agree. I think, I think it's going to, it's, this was getting all that shit over with. They can't have Jessica move forward unless they get her through this shit. And it took, legitimately took, not felt padded out to me anyways at all. It took 13 episodes. And this is, again, the first one that felt like it needed to be 13 episodes. A lot of those other seasons felt like they could have wrapped up in 11 or something. I feel like this well, felt, this to me, also, felt like felt like it needed to be those 13 episodes. This wasn't just a Jessica Jones season, though, is it? No, it's a is, Trish story or a uh, it, Hellcat story. This, Will she now get a Hellcat series, or will she just be a constant interaction in the Jessica Jones? Number two, I think, or even more so that she'll be a constant uh, annoyance in all of the series. Like, you're going to see Trish pop up in Daredevil Season 3. You're going to see Trish. And this is just my speculation. You're going to see Hellcat pop up. I'm not saying in everyone, but when you least expect it kind of thing. To fuck things up. <laughs> I don't know if that's how they're going to go with Trish. But if they're going off this as Trish's origin story. Because you're right, Joe. It's not just the Jessica Jones getting through shit. It's, Ma it's Malcolm to a smaller extent. But really, it's Jessica and Trish's story. It's Trish's origin story as... Or as a super villain or superhero, whatever you want to look at it, or not look at it in such concrete terms as a as someone that's going to be gray, a a real uh, vigilante of some sort. But but you can also look at this season again as Jessica's arc of getting to the place where she feels comfortable enough in her own skin to do the things she needs to do to feel comfortable being super, to feel comfortable sometimes going over that line. She's not fucking Batman. She doesn't have a fucking code. Her only code is I'm not going to drive in a car. She's not Luke Cage either. That I'm, I won't kill. I won't hurt people. Yeah, she's not bulletproof. She's just really strong. So she can be hurt. And, she, and in some cases, she needs to... Her mother, Joe said this earlier in passing, but her mother, a fucking five times more powerful than she is. I don't know. I'm just three times, whatever. A, more powerful than she is, dies from a single gunshot wound on a moving uh, merry-go-round. Headshot. Headshot. Which, and she already had a wound in the, in the leg. And don't, get, the and don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that this is unrealistic. I'm saying that's how easy it is to take out one of these. Uh, one of these super-powered... Uh, Joneses yeah one of these Joneses so Jessica but that being said it's kind of weird that like you know they can how how are you able to like fall from a building the height of a building right and that doesn't break your bones or any of this shit but like someone hits you with a baton in the fucking arm or something that hurts <laughs> it's true like that hurts her sometimes you know like Gotta, but gotta, she punched a wall and her and her skin and hand was all messed up. But like, 
<laughs> oh, and I found I found Mike's comment. PCP and PS PTSD. That's good eating. Remember, Joe, Jessica is not a superhero, says broke in the live chat. Early no, she's just a, a super. She's a super. Yeah, she's she's a, a metahuman. Uh, M, morning Phil and Joe watching with my morning coffee at my desk. Great to keep you company at work today. Job, says Mike, what do you need that for? You're missing TV and naps. That's key. And that's life, that's life motherfucker. And um, somehow the, somehow my chat's not loading correct on my computer screen. So I'm looking at so I'll be looking at the other the other one. Uh realism, hmm. She slips it she slips into the bathtub and dies. Final spoiler of the season. Sorry, Mike is breaking this down. But I like her mother's arc too that you got in this season. It wasn't she, her mother wasn't my favorite aspect of this season, but I definitely she won me over by the end of no the season. No way! Like I'm I'm confused as all hell by everything that took place in episode twelve. Episode ep, the second to last episode. Twelve and thirteen. Twelve 13? and thirteen. Yeah, twelve and thirteen have a lot of back and forths. What I like, mean with I'm the like, mother. What the fuck? What I mean with the mother arc is. There's certain scenes and certain interactions I really like. I The performance won me over a little bit. I agree that it gets a little confusing with switching sides, back and forth stuff. And we'll break this all down when we get into the recap of the episode. But I agree. It's Jessica turns her over, then finds the guard, kills the guard, goes to see her, but then has another change of heart after her mother beats the shit out of her and they save some people on the side of the road. So she says, oh, maybe I can get my mother to be good. But to me, all that happened was Jessica got emotional, but... She never knew she wasn't eventually going to have to stop her. Um, but I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe on, when they were on that Ferris wheel, she was accepting her mother for who they were and and going to go into a dark every direction. Time the mother opens her mouth and puts forward the argument of let's go, let's go be powers together and all this shit. Um, I keep saying to myself, again, she doesn't care about you, Jess. This is a woman who's only concern is herself at times because if she cared about you she wouldn't force you to make the decision to kill her or turn you in dude there was a couple of lines on the mother and i'm not sure even i have them tagged but there was just a couple of moments here and there through the few episodes that you just see i am so on board with you every situation especially when we got into the new guard showing up uh and seeing how much of a manipulator she is She yep. she manips, yep. manipulate, manipulates her from go, and she's doing the same thing with Jessica. It is yeah. it is sadistic Everything. the way she comes in, the way she tells her once she does kill the guard. And Jay's right; he says in the chat, that "Killing the guard was by accident. She didn't intentionally do it." Which is basically what? No, I don't think she intended to kill the guard. Oh, Jessica. It, Jessica. No, the Jessica. Yes, no. I'm not talking about. I think when Jessica's case, killing the guard was a automatic response when she, her life was in danger. She didn't go no. there with the intention to kill you. You're, you're right, Jay. I just think Jessica comes to a point where she's accepting that sometimes people in her world and her thoughts need to just die. And if they're really evil, and she knows what's right and wrong, and she can make the decide be the decider about that. I think. Well, she, this was this was this was mostly self preservation after the right. fact. She accidentally kills him, and she says, "Well, he was going to kill me, but." It doesn't matter. I'm on probation. I broke into this guy's house, and now he's dead. Gotta hide. So gotta hide. I'm a superpower guy, and he's my my mother's primary prison guard. So yeah, I'm going to jail forever for this. And this really wasn't my intent, or didn't really mean to kill him. He just has a weak head. Apparently, I hit him a little too strong in the heat. So she stages the suicide. I'm not sure I have a a big problem with that. No, you know, I, this guy was a piece of shit. 
I don't either. I, with. And so I think that's how she ends up deciding like, and rationalizing it. And shit, I didn't mean to do it. And whatever. Which is why eventually I get caught eventually. And she ends up having the vision of the purple man in that situation to kind of deal with it and deal with her her bad work ruin. Right. The bad Jiminy Cricket on her shoulder. But actually, I'll be here when you need me to remind you of how fucked up people can be and how how sometimes you got to kill. And it's all and it's all right. Happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone. Jessica Jones has superhuman strength and endurance, but can still get shot in the head. Unlike Luke Cage, who has extremely dense skin, which renders him highly resistant to physical in injury unless you have a uh, Judas, uh, the Judas bullet, bullets. I forgot about the Judas bullets. Uh, and yes, uh, Jay says killing the guard was an accident. She didn't she didn't. Uh, she didn't had to die. Oh, she could have stopped without killing him or uh, was an accident. She didn't have to. She could have uh, she could have stopped him without killing him in the situation. I think the difference is when she jumps, she's prepared for it. And when she gets hit, she isn't always prepared for it. talking about the gun situation. And and my sidekick, Rich Blackman is evil ego. Uh, uh, Brooke Blackman's evil ego, Rich Blackman. Uh, so. But the mother's manipulating Jessica right from go. Right. You see it with the switch of that guard after the guard dies and you get the new one. She manipulates that woman right from go. And Joe, it's the it's what I what I was gonna say a second ago before I went on the chat rant that ultimately it's one of those things that you reward someone when they do something you want them to do. So she was trying the manipulation tactic where where when Jessica comes and starts telling her about or when she connects that Jessica did that to the guard, killed the guard, killed the guard, she starts, I love you. She starts giving her more affection in those moments and being more, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of the choices you've made, that you've made these choices to kill. Affirmations. Yeah, exactly. It's such a. It's like when she's dealing with Trisha's mom. Yep. Like, aren't they so horrible at that age? Oh. I feel your mother. Yep, it's such an amazing fucking tactic. So mother gives gives the in the past. Their mother gives her all the information she needed when she was, you know, a couple episodes ago. She is. She's one hundred percent manipulation from from go. And it's I don't know. Yeah. So let's get into this right now. Let's get into this episode recap. Episode eleven which is called, again, Three Lives and Counting. Jessica Jones does not want to be a murderer. Again, I'm using the Vulture articles for for notes because it allowed me to watch the episodes a little bit more clearly and uh, actually watch what's going on and not be looking down. So anytime anyone ever wants to write a recap for one of these recaps for me, just send it to me and I'll read it. I'll be like Ron Burgundy and I'll just read whatever you write. I won't be able to stop. <laughs> So, so Phil the Issues guy really, really sucks. He's horrible and smells like poop. Oh, hey, 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 Vulture article. You must know I'm reading it now. So Jessica Jones <laughs> does not want to be a murderer, yet there she is standing over the body of a man she just blunt force trauma to death. All kinds of thoughts are bouncing around inside her skull, fears about the mother-daughter cellmates, and how she should make it look like an accident. Then cutting through all that clutter comes one voice saying, make it look like a suicide. Which Jess does swiftly convincing, convincingly. She lays out the evidence that Dale killed all those prisoners before typing in all caps suicide note. The last life I have to take is my own. Do you, uh, were you surprised at all how quickly she snapped into a action and knew how to hide this? But not, or personally, no, because she's a detective. She would know how to hide this situation. And I think you already said this earlier. She's under, she's under probation. So this is, she, she had to do this. This is, uh, protection self-preservation kicking in right it's either do what she did 
or wipe everything down as best she can. Look for any kind of surveillance camera equipment in the house. But I don't know if she did that or if there was any. And then make sure, you know, and then just leave everything the way it was and left it, leave it unsolved. Or wrap it up nicely the way she did. Yep. Or just go chuck the body in the ocean like other bodies. And before we go a little further into the recap, just so we don't get away from whatever his point was, we got Jay on the line right now. Let's see if I can tap him in here to share his thoughts on uh, whatever whatever the fuck we're talking about. Uh, Jay, I think you're on the air. Hey, what's up? <laughs> hey, buddy. How's it going? Hello? Yep. Pretty good. So, all right. I just want to take you guys into... What would happen if next season we go into a season and Jessica Jones is still not talking to anyone? You know what happens the whole season? Absolutely not a fucking thing. Jessica is never a catalyst to a damn thing. Trish was the catalyst to this whole season storyline, and last season uh, Kilgrave was the catalyst to the whole, whole season storyline. So we'd be watching Jessica drinking and going out taking pictures of cheating husbands and wives for 10 episodes, and that would be it, or 13 episodes. That would be the most fucking boring show ever, which is why they have to do something with that Jessica and Trish relationship. I also, I'm also not sure if that ever is going to be repaired or, like, Trish killing yeah. the mom was, like, a thing that just broke it forever. But Jessica is the stupid one here. Like, seriously, y'all are uh, criticizing Trish Jessica is the one who wanted to take her fugitive, psycho-murdering mom over to Canada so she can start a killing streak over in Canada and then probably go to another country and to another country and start, like, basically uh, have a uh, psychopathic murderer or whatever just be traveling around the world just to find new victims. Jessica is the stupid one in this situation here way more than Trish is. And... If you really think about it, Trish was right. Trish, Jessica was being stupid. And if, it, and if anyone gets to call Jess out on her shit, it's Trish. Because Jessica has no one else in her whole life that can call her out on her shit. She doesn't talk to Luke Cage anymore. She just met the dude, the super from down the hall. That dude doesn't really have the right to give her shit about it. But as much as Trish screws up, they both are kind of screw-ups. They're both like the screw-ups of each other's life. In one way or another. Good. Okay, oh, so I sorry, I ended up losing you there, Jay. But excellent point. And Joe, can't, do you have can't disagree with any of the stuff about you know Jessica being an idiot for like, let's take my psychotic mom to a new country to kill a whole bunch of fucking people in. But as far as Trish goes, no, she's still a fucking moron right from right from go. She's still a douchebag right from go, and she's so much a fucking douchebag, and so much needs to needs to prove some sort of weird fucking shit that she purposely withhold the information from the police so she can personally go shoot that woman. Right. So, I mean, whether I want to say that uh, maybe Jay is right that she was making the great, correct decision in that moment, she should have brought the cops there and not had to be the one to stop her. That was That's Trisha's ego. That but uh, yep. Jay is not completely incorrect in his points. And, uh, and Jess... To take the first, to take the second one first, that Jessica isn't always right in the Trish Jessica situation, at least not in my mind. I think a right. lot of times in this season, the problem with Trish, it's the big Lebowski thing again. Just because you're right, Walter, doesn't mean you're not an asshole. 
uh, Trish can be right, but she's still making poor decisions she, with that correct information. But, but she hasn't been right at all, period. I think she's everything, been, everything she's done has been to push and pry and to claw her own personal agenda forward. Fair. It has nothing to do with her fair, sister, but, but friend, where, Jessica. But where I do agree with Jay is I think Jessica's being emotional and not looking at this situation rationally where she should be turning her mother in, not running off to Canada. She cannot control her mother. There's no, no way. I agree. There's no way. She so, already turned her in once and she should have stayed that course. Stayed to that course. And the moment she says, fine, we're going together, like, I was like, what? That's stupid. And then when they ended up in the in the diner, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, yep, she's noticing that, that this dude was followed. Okay, she could turn this easily into, yes, it's a good idea. Let's turn my mother in. I didn't want to, you know, like, and now this guy is involved somehow. Let's get us both out of this easily. Into Jay's uh, first point about Jessica Jones needing a catalyst. I agree with you there, too. I think the first season, it is Kilgraven, and this season, it's Trish. And it battles her, and I think what makes her a good character is is the fact of how she relates to other people fucking with her shit. If, you're right. If she was alone and going through things and didn't have to deal with other people, she'd be fine. It would just be her uh, breaking cases and killing cases over and over again. It will be something else that comes into her life and fucks with her again. Maybe it might be Trish. I think Trish will be an ongoing issue throughout the series, and I agree with you as well that I don't see their relationship being repaired so easily. Yeah, I, I don't think it's just... It, it's not just even the mom. It's the betrayal. It's the whole situation that Jessica, because of everything she's been through her life, has abandonment issues and dealt with a lot of fucking crap. And I'm not saying that absolves her of some of the fucked up shit Jessica Jones has done in her life. I'm just saying she has gone through a lot of that and it's tough for her to trust and Trish is now off the list and maybe this guy Oscar's she's going to try to relate to him and and personally I think Oscar's dead very soon into uh, the beginning of a next Jessica Jones season. I don't think this is a I don't think dead or just the relationship's DOA. It's not like a long term situation. So let's get back into this episode as we hear the slow clap coming from coming from uh, this vivid hallucination of a in a purple glow. I mean, big league chew grape purple glow of and this was the vi this was the visual that I that was in the trailer that I was referring to last time. And it's her on the roof somewhere. And it's it's wasn't awesome. to I mean, it was it was great to see David Tennant. And I think another part of this, Joe, that I think. This is my speculation or I'm projecting onto you here. So maybe it's not the case. I think you like this more than the average dream sequence thingy too because it was actually done pretty well. And David It wasn't a dream sequence either. It was it was it was in reality. It was based in reality and it was more of a thought process given given a uh, 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 an avatar. Yeah, and and I and I've mentioned it a couple of times. One in the trailer lead up, and one earlier today. But uh, did you play the third Arkham game, Joe? By chance? I don't know. I know you played no. the first two. Okay. In the third game, spoiler alert for the Arkham series. At the end of one of the one of the games, the Bruce has to eventually kill the Joker. He just there's no going around it. And in the third game, the Joker does appear, but he appears. Almost ex not exactly the same way, but very similar to the way that that Kilgrave appears in this. Just Bruce is climbing up a tower and gets to the roof, and suddenly the Joker's face is there. They go, Bruce, why don't you kill him all? <laughs> you know, in Mark Hamill's voice, I can't. That is a horrible Joker. But imagine in Mark Hamill's voice. And it, it just works out in a very psychological way. It's different in a video game. It can get annoying sometimes, especially when you have to repeat sections. But 
it's used in a similar fashion to reflect and almost echo Jessica's thoughts. And then throughout this episode, it works as... I often say Joe is my uh, evil Jiminy Cricket on my shoulder, and and I hear him in certain situations in life. Just tell him to fuck off. <laughs> but I have Joe's voice is tell him to fuck off, tell him to fuck off. And uh, and I have Nick's uh, Nick on my other shoulder. Rip him off, rip him off. <laughs> but but Kilgrave in this way is her conscious conscience and leading her down different directions. And and David Tennant gives what could have been a mail-it-in performance, and some people might feel different, but this was awesome. I, I, the two of them together are great. It's a shame the character's dead because they can't keep doing this. They can't keep putting him in over and over again. This was a good goodbye to him, and I know they, they left it in there a little bit to be, oh, I might be back again, but he... Maybe for a flash here and there, but I don't see anything being this, getting this much of David Tennant in this part ever again. And it was a good sort of curtain call for him. He got to be very, very purple manny. <laughs> so she's fighting her nature. She's fighting herself. Why not just give in? Jessica goes home uh, to use to drink some booze and eat breakfast. And then she takes off all her clothes and she keeps her and throws it out, but keeps the leather jacket. Now, Alyssa's thrilled to wake up to a warm, reasonable guard. She calls the guard, and the, the, she manipulates the guard, Marilyn, who says, is like, can you call Jessica for me? Of course. You never stop being a mom. <laughs> Did you think the minute we met this guard that she's going to be dead soon? I definitely. Joe, did you think uh, the guard was a uh, dead woman walking? Oh, weird. Uh, I don't know if anyone can not hear Joe, but I can't. Oh, what's wrong with you, poor homicidal oh, murderer killer? Oh, let me help you out. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, just like, can, is it okay if I if I go make a phone call before I eat my breakfast? Absolutely not. You will get zero favors from me. Just eat your breakfast. You'll get phone call at phone call time. Like, you don't start that relationship by saying yes to everything this prisoner asks you to do. Like, no, you hold on to that. At least give it a week or two before you you uh, grant any kind of favor. You do have to set some sort of fucking tone. These are the rules. Because you, you let this person, any person, <laughs> do stuff that they're not supposed to do over and over again. When you finally do have to set a rule or a boundary, it's not going to go nice. It's SM in the chat says Kilgrave is the best part of the show and he was a memory and he was better than every character in the show. He should have killed Jessica Jones and the show should have showed the, turned into the Kilgrave show. Uh, Broke says, yeah, I would I would not see Jessica fighting off the cops to save her mom at this point. She didn't even fight off the two police officers when uh, they were in Trish's hospital room. Jessica wants and Kerich says Jessica wants to be unknown, wants to be nothing, needs no recognition and has no power. She wishes she didn't. Yeah, and wishes she didn't have any power at all. I agree with that. If Jessica could take away her powers at any time, she probably would. If she could go the rogue in X-Men 3 thing and take the cure or something, she I think and she so probably would. What's the fantasy in Jessica's mind? Like, okay, yeah, sure. I don't want to any police to get... I don't want you to kill anybody else. So to save the police's life, we have to escape instead of calling because that's just going to get you mad. But one day you'll get mad at some taxi driver again and maybe break his arm or a store, a store clerk or an argument with someone somewhere that, that I'm not there for. And you kill some 
innocent people. And then what? And then what? We have to fight together against police that are trying to stop you. Then we're both killing, you know, police officers as well that are just trying to, you know, protect the public. Yeah, oh. Joe, you don't you don't need to go much further so much further in this episode than later with Marilyn. We see Marilyn who thinks she has a rapport with this woman set up you know, moving her body so she can watch the documentary about the Mariana Trench, uh, letting her make phone calls, being real polite to her. So she thinks she feels comfortable enough with her that when she sees her having a breakdown, and this is on Maryland too, she just walks oh, in. She just walks in there with no uh, no backup, no guards, not not stunning her first. Just hey, what's up? Can you will you calm down? And ends up getting killed because of it, because of that situation exactly. I, this. Uh, Alyssa wouldn't want to kill Marilyn reasonably. She pro she probably doesn't feel bad for it because she doesn't feel bad. But but ultimately, that isn't a decision she wanted to make. She appreciated the guard. What a difference a guard makes. I could deal with this if she never finds out about what's his name about Carl. Carl, you're it will. She probably would have been content staying in this prison with a guard like Marilyn that allowed her to watch TV and relax and just. And then they have this conversation on the phone. Oh God! Click. Those clicks mean that somebody's listening. Did you go out last night? Did you? See yes, I went out last night. Did you see somebody? Yes, I took care of it. Did you clean up afterwards? Did you make sure? Oh, you know, Dale wasn't here today. Joke. Are you fucking kidding me? That is circumstantially the most circumstantially guilty. Like, even if even like it's gonna get it's gonna get admitted into court right it's gonna it just will and no jury is gonna hear that and not be like oh yeah this chick didn't kill him oh but he, but he's me? but they set up a suicide oh it's definitely a suicide are you kidding me like no joe click, click, have you're you being ever, recorded have what? you ever have you ever seen the wire i'm pretty sure that they know how to zip through codes anyone that's listening to things maybe that's why she didn't want to turn in the mother because the mother now knows that he she killed dale and if she gets turned in she'll just rat jessica or jessica I, will go to jail too it's not like the mother cares that much she's uh so she uh kilgrave isn't going anywhere not as jess tries to wash that murder right out of her hair i'm proud of you he murmurs into her ear as she's in the shower it's creepy what whatever i Again, I'm not going to bemuse the point over and over again. David Tennant's awesome. The way that the characters played in this episode is done extremely well. Almost at times like a horror movie. At times over the top with multiple tenants showing up. Multiple memories and multiple voices. It reminded me a lot of when your own mind's going crazy and you just hear voices and hear thoughts. It was visualized, but it's a TV show, so they wanted to visualize it. But it's all going on in Jessica's head, and she knows it. She's not convinced this is real. There's a wonderful, funny line at one point where she goes, Fuck, dude! I'm I'm trading uh, trading like barbs with a fucking hallucination or something like that. Like she knows it's all in her head. She doesn't give a fuck. But it's it's good too because again, this was the manifestation of Kilgrave's powers and shit yep. too, right? Yeah, and so it, for that character as well as this PTSD, that voice when he comes in at one point, some of it, some of the stuff he says, I'd say seventy percent or. 60% of what he what he's doing this is where I do fuzzy hippie math again is com is played for comedy at times in this episode but there's a couple of really scary 
hor- horrifying kind of lines that come in. I'm going to be with you forever. I'm in or I'm inside you forever. Like shit like that. That it's just a creepy uh, moment when she's in the shower. Or he pa- he passes he passes by her. But then there's just hilarious stuff with like, hey, hey, I want you cray cray. Trish has been acting kind of cray cray lately. It just yeah. or just being that voice. Just kill him. Just kill him. Just kill him. Talking shit right there. Great stuff. Uh, used really well, made you feel intense, lulled you into a sense of uh, comedy at times. Anyways, so she tries to return herself to that me- method of calming herself by reciting the names in the streets. He does too. I'll be in your dreams too. Go to sleep. I'll be there as well. So then we go to the motel where we last saw Trish being a complete and utter psycho. Carl is gone, but Kilgrave is there. Hallucinations. Kilgrave is like some, oh, this is what the writer says, soulless Jiminy Cricket. Uh, Jess should have been, should have offed Carl when she had the chance. Jess visits her mom. We see nice uh, Marilyn lets her have some alone time with Jess. What the fuck? I'm sorry. I'm not going to repeat basically what Joe said a few seconds ago, but you let her have alone time with her daughter when she just said, don't worry, I'll be on camera the whole time. I hope you're mic in that room too. Like what? Yep. The, what the flying fuck? Right. right. Exactly. And then, and then there's this scene. She comes in to visit and like, can you leave us alone in the room? Not protocol, but sure, no problem, sweetheart. Just for you. Tim wants like, me. Are you kidding me? Like she has said no to this woman zero times. She'll never be able to say no without pissing her off at, at you know, or without it being a thing yeah. between them. Yep. And she should have just kept it. Follow the rules. Just and we'll all get along. Tim, like, don't follow the rules. Like, there are certain things that you can do. They pay me to tell you, no, you can't do these other things. You want to use the phone now? Sorry. My boss has said, no, you can't do that. I understand you want to, but you can't. We could sit here all day until you finish, or it's time for me to return the tray. And then at phone time, you can go use the phone. But until then, you might as well just eat your breakfast, sweetheart, because we ain't leaving the cage. Eat your fucking shit. Yeah. No, we can't leave the room. No. no. Special protocol says we need to stay here because you, unfortunately, have been classified a psychotic fucking individual. <laughs> and I can't leave you alone with a citizen, albeit your daughter, but, but unattended. But no, Joe, that like that other dude that we met earlier, or is it a different show that I'm thinking about? No, that other dude we met's in the Hannibal Lecter cage. The uh the the dude from the uh They killed one person. They killed right? one person is in a Hannibal Lecter cage. <laughs> but you have her letting letting this person with superpowers that you're letting stay in a normal prison because she's supposedly going to be calm and play play by the rules. You're letting her have alone time with another another super her super yeah, daughter. The guy that killed that didn't kill one person. Person. Right, is in the Hannibal Lecter cage, and is everything's brought to him. And I know he's a little bit more outwardly unstable, but still, come on, Alyssa should be like strapped down at all times if she's gonna stay in this prison, or at least never allowed, never allowed to manipulate a guard this easily. But it gives us one of uh, the most hilarious Alyssa scenes where she's just like she is snarling in there and uh, talking about Trish that she's the one that took Carl in her psycho her pseudo noble bullshit I want to take her head I'm going to find her and crush her fucking head it's it's uh, really fucking funny stuff and this is uh, it's hilarious she's literally growling and Jess is like I'll calm you down I'll calm you down just immediately manipulated and stuck into shape Jessica does not want to lose her mom she likes having this setup being able to come and see her and stuff but jess can also tell that 
her mom might have somewhat of a point because Kilgrave is being her conscience is saying that Trish has been a little crazy lately as he sings burst into song. He's waiting for Jess uh, back at Alias Investigations 2. Feet kicked up in the desk telling Jess that murder is in her DNA. When Jess opens her laptop to start to figure out that Malcolm and Trish fucked her over. And she's looking at Carl's photo and then... Kilgrave says to her, you just invite betrayal, don't you? And Jessica breaks into Malcolm's apartment, but he's not there and uh, spots Trish's sunglasses and basically starts figuring out what exactly happened. Now, Jessica starts using Malcolm's Tinder profile or his Bumble or what was it called? Uh, I forget. Who gets uh, it? Same thing. Yes, yeah, same fucking shit. Grinder, grinder, grinder. Yeah, grinder. Or uh, plenty of plenty of uh, supers or plenty of fish or something. Uh, what was it called? Oh, doesn't matter. So, and uh, to triangulate his his location, we get another moment of something Joe's been pointing out a lot this season, and I fucking love it. Actually, getting to see Jessica be a detective. And do detective shit and make it interesting. And I hope this is completely has nothing to do with anything uh, or it does that I feel like in Batman, who's supposed to be the world's greatest detective in every Batman media that we've had, they focus so much on his fighting skills, not enough on his detective skills. I wouldn't want to see it all be about Batman's detective skills, but I hope. If they ever do another great Batman movie sometime, they use some of the elements that show Jessica Jones being a detective in a Batman movie as well to show Batman doing similar things. Because it really, this was one of the best, this series, this season two of showing Jessica do detective shit was some of the best in not a supernatural way. Because it's been, I've seen in Sherlock Holmes type stuff where it's done a little bit more, uh, magical on some levels in something with the way Holmes puts shit together. But Jessica doesn't use her superpowers. She doesn't have a superpower detective powers or something like that. Her powers are strength. All, all his fucking contacts is check your app. Is, is he near you? Check his app. Is he near you? Yeah. It's probably like a, a fuck within 500 yards app or something like that. You know what I mean? Just a fuck away. <laughs> so, you know, that's what I'm thinking. That... You know, she's using this app to triangulate where the fuck they went off to. And uh, and, and I like that she, again, she uh, brings back up the trading one addiction for the other. And that, you know, he's a recovering addict and you all are fucking screwing him over by participating. In and as always, Jay in the chat mentions mentions uh, the example Mask of the Phantasm. And I would is a is probably one of my favorite Batman movies ever made. So uh, ex- excellent pick. Uh, g- great stuff. Joe- Joker is amazing in that movie. Dear Joe, stop saying correct things. Tim wants to rant at you later. Stop saying correct things, Joe. Ian says, I like this new... Uh, uh, Jay says, I don't think that Malcolm betrayed Jessica. I want to deal with that in a second here. I like this new uh, setup with the two panels and the phone number. Thank you, Ian. I'm, go- I'm tweaking it here and there, but I appreciate it. We're going to be doing this new setup from now on. Matt and uh, Jessica has super pissing me off power, says Tim. So, so, but I just, I love this shit. This is where she says the thing about banter with a hallucination. And, uh, wow, I, all that switching over and I didn't even take a bite of a sandwich. Joe's like, fuck you, dude. No sandwich bite? Why'd you switch over the camera? Don't light it if you're not, don't, don't, uh, put the mustard in if you're not going to bite it. So strong athletic skills in the garage. Malcolm forces his way out of the trunk and Trish 
shoots him at his foot. Basically does the Joe Pesci to a spider thing. Uh, dance, spider! And uh, Trish and Carl tear out of the parking lot. And small thing that I liked that when they had Jessica chasing after the car and doing that superhero jump over the thing trick where she was going to land on the car, I like how they had uh, her not actually be in time. I, I don't know how many superhero shows that I've seen when someone ju- does that jump move. They're always perfectly timed out landing on there. Uh, Dark Knight, speaking of Batman, Dark Knight has a moment like that at the very beginning of the movie. And uh, I, li- I like that she missed and Trish was like, Trish was hauling ass out of there. You can't stop a fucking junkie that, that, uh, that crackhead strength. And Trish has crackhead strength right now. <laughs> She's like, Zip. So, uh, okay, so Malcolm makes himself uh, useful by figuring out the logo on the shopping bag. Salt, kidnapping. Everything. Jessica hallucinates on uh, Kilgrave. But it's okay. She's an addict. She doesn't know what she's doing. (laughs) Leave Trish alone. Leave Trish alone, Joe. All just for her. All just for her own ego. I'm not good enough. I need to be a super. I need to be famous. One way or the other, I need to have this power. And uh, Jay Jay adds, I think Malcolm was the best part of Alias. And if Jessica was smart, she would realize that next season. She's stupid, so she won't. And Tim says, yes, Phil, that was a waste of mustard. And why wouldn't this doctor just knock her ass out and leave? (laughs) Like, okay, I'll make you a super. Like, this shouldn't be in the wrong person's hands. That's why I ultimately quit and moved away and hid. But this fucking psychotic cunt who's shooting at a dude that she had locked up in her fucking trunk. Yeah! She seems like a great candidate to make into a super. Don't worry. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> he, fucking asshole. He's, he is a fucking asshole. He's also an easy, easy mark. And Trish kind of gets at him in that moment when she points the gun on him and and goes, where are you going? Don't you want to do something? I'm going to be a real hero. Make me a hero. I want it. I need it. Obviously, you're going to be a hero because you're holding me at gunpoint saying, you know, do what I want. Make me a superhero or I'll kill you or turn you in. But first, make me a superhero. Damn it. (laughs) All right. But Here, she's passing. I'll get the needle ready. It's just one simple shot. Don't worry, sweetheart. You'll be fine. But she's pa- <laughs> but, <laughs> fucking unreal. But she's unreal. Like, and this is where I'm like, this is like, this is the point, and this is in the Kilgrave episode still, right? Yep. yep. And it's the end, albeit. But I'm like, I'm like, you can't be fucking serious. Like, you just, I, at this point in the series, to me, it, it. The writing took a, a sharp left fucking turn and it all became like all the decisions Jess makes and Trish makes and everybody makes from this point on. I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? So we like, were- it, it just it, none of it really made too much sense to me. Like very fair. So let's get let's get into this and talk about it so we can see what made the least sense and what's what stuff you enjoyed of anything here in the end. So Malcolm breaks through Kilgrave's uh, course to tell Jess that the bag was from a veterinarian clinic, veterinarian clinic where Carl and Trish did their little supermarket sweep for anesthesia necessary to operate on her. So the time we go back to where it all began at IGH, are you feeling, the writer says, are you feeling nostalgic? Carl sure is. So many, so many things were born here. We learned some gruesome facts about something we already knew uh, that Jessica's surgery took 20 days, but don't worry, Trish has He's been honing the procedure ever since. He also warns Trish that her the abilities that Jess and Alyssa developed were a side effect related to something specific in their DNA. 
Trish is like, well, the, my DNA is all fucked up. I won't get anything good. Trish's experiences could be totally yeah, different. Yeah, right? Like, what the fuck? But he, it was a side effect to their DNA. But don't worry. We'll do the procedure to you. You know, it must work. It must be. It must work just fine because, you know, you're not sick or injured right now. Right. So it, it'll do something good for you. Don't worry. I don't know what it's going to do, but it'll do something. Yeah, he cares more about the science than he does about the pers- people. Then why didn't he go to the government with all this shit? Yep. Yeah, I agree. Oh, and he didn't want the government to manipulate. He wanted to be the he wanted to be right, the only psycho right, exactly. in charge. Exactly. Because he yeah. He wanted he to be the only care psycho about in charge. Anything. So it's fuck them all. So very quickly, Trish goes from thinking Carl's a monster to uh, to needing him to help her save the world. And uh, Jessica in Kilgrave, and yes, we will talk about Hogarth at the end here. The Jessica, infinite funding he could have had, the infinite test subjects that they that he could have just asked for from the military, prime suspects. As Jessica's you know, figuring out everything, samples, I mean. <laughs> Kilgrave is gleefully telling her that Trish will look better in tights than she is. And then there's another hallucination, another, another. Jessica's eyes in the street is swarmed with uh, Kilgrave everywhere, shouting from all sides of her. I, uh, the one thing that snaps her out of it is, come on, smile for me. And then she just, like, snaps out of it. Jessica comes this close to choking a random random guy that she thinks is him. But Malcolm uh, breaks it up. And then again, one last time. And, and I agree. I think Malcolm's been awesome for her this season, Jay. And I think showing his detective skill and what he's learned. I think he has a definite talent for the detective work as well. And I do see Malcolm and Jessica coming back together again at some point. As the police approach, he encourages her to go ahead without him. I'm not sure being, uh, it, it will all go smoothly, but he, but he waves them all apart. As Carl interjects these Pop-Tart needles, which are really fucking scarily looking, into Trisha's back, her body convulses, blood spills from her mouth. Jessica shows up right at the right time, sooner than I thought she was going to show up. And she shows up and Carl's like, listen, I can't let the experiment fail. I can fix this. I can fix this. As Trisha's basically coating on the on the table. But Jess is already breaking in, almost uh, almost killing him with Kilgrave just screaming at her in her in her head like this guy is evil this guy tortured you for 20 days kill him kill him kill him jessica basically just starts repeating the words line for line that the Kilgrave in her head starts saying but catched herself before she kills him because she does have control she whispers to him your life is over that she'd rather see him in prison and she runs away to rescue trish and get away from there carl pulls the gun from trish's bag his lab he realizes that i'm useless and but i, I think i he realizes that i don't want to spend my rest of my life in jail jail I, I wouldn't do well in jail and he needs to destroy it all so he doesn't quote-unquote noble thing and yeah quote unquote. so she runs off and oh okay there was an explosion i guess he killed himself he didn't rig it all like she ran out of the room and he was like okay i got 30 seconds let me rig this you joe know, matchbook explosive and gas and get out the back joe Bye. even if i want to take it for face value of what happened happened what an <laughs> asshole because can you give me 10 minutes to get out of here and then blow yourself up Okay, cool. I don't mind. Or at worst, he, what he knows is he knows Alyssa well enough to know that once she finds out he dies, she's going to go on a fucking rampage. Yep. So basically, he's not doing anyone any favors. He's Correct. being the selfish, selfish, most selfish fuck in the planet right now because it's not about his work not getting out there. It's about he doesn't want anyone else to work on his work. It, it's just an egotistical thing with him, and it's a coward for not wanting to be in jail, and it's selfish for sicking excuse me, excuse me, sicking Alyssa on everybody because baby couldn't get his bottle and make another fucking super. So fuck you, Carl. Fuck you very kindly, buddy. Eat shit. Fuck. Some hippie. Yeah, some hippie. Go fucking wear your dead shirt. He knows knows that she's going to rage out when she finds out that he died 
you know, she knows it. Even if he killed himself, she knows it. He yeah. knows it. So Jess, Jess gets Trish to the hospital, though. Uh, I wonder if she could survive any of this. Wasn't the inhaler alone enough to spo- supposedly kill her? Feels like there will be some troubling right. side effects and probably maybe that, maybe that altered her DNA enough already to start. Now, let's continue. Uh, Kilgrave is still lurking as Jessica sits alone in the waiting room. You're here, but I won. She says to him while reading her reflection in the window, her mother will be heartbroken about Carl, but... Uh, she still has me. Yeah, sure thing, Jessica. That work. Kilgrave says that, uh, like, you're enough. But Jess claims to one victory that she, I'm not a killer. I'm not you. I'm not my mother. I can control myself, which means I'm more powerful than you ever were. Uh, Kilgrave says, well, I'll be around if you need me. Then Carl's death in the mega explosion already made the news, which Alyssa can see from her cell. Earlier, she enjoyed this, the flashback in seeing the beach and learning about the Mariana Trench, uh, 36,142 feet deep. And Carl says, uh, screw ethics and kissed her for the first time. Now she knows that he's dead and Trish was the last person to see him alive thanks to that fan photo, which she can see on the TV, which just makes her go crazy and she starts breaking through and pulling a nutty, which Marilyn such an idiot just goes in to goes right in the room and Marilyn gets killed very quickly and Jessica Jones's mother breaks out and uh, that's it and that's basically the end of that episode I think I skipped over some of the Hogarth stuff but we'll talk about Hogarth in uh, she's working on her own little detective shit trying to find fuckface and and wife exactly but we'll we'll get into that in the next episode or, and mate I don't know fuckface and and dude. So uh, Jay says, I was talking about Malcolm at running business, setting appointments, fixing officers, uh, uh, fixing office after battles and taking initiative in solving Hogarth's case. Uh, all the regulars. What's up, Casey Atheist? Great to see you in the live motherfucking chat right now. Good to see all of you. Uh, says Joe's looking great. And I think Joe responded to that. Hogarth finger banged her way to success, says Paul. Uh, yes, because Hogarth is not as good as Trish in the Jessica thing, says Tim. So let's just go right into this next episode and get through these episodes. And then we'll talk a little bit more at the end and take some more comments from the chat. And if anyone wants to get any voicemails in, 781-990-8509. And I think Tim wants to rant at you, Joe. And I want to look back at some of the comments that we got as well. So let's just yada yada through this shit a little bit. So we get into episode 12, a.k.a. Pray for My Patsy. What happened to Trish? According to Jessica, an asshole happened to her. Doctors don't really know what to expect, what's going on inside her body, or if she'll ever wake up. But apparently, other... This was an interesting point that got popped in, and I think... Each one of these seasons have little things leading into other seasons of the series. I think one of the things that we had dripping in here was apparently there are other back alley doctors doing sketchy surgeries to try to give superpowers to normal people. This isn't entirely unfamiliar to the doctor at the time. So there's other people out there doing Fucking fucking with people. And I have a feeling this might come back later in one of the other series. It might. Well, we know we know Luke. Right. He's a result of a completely other mad scientist. Exactly. Jessica and and mom. So there are mad scientists everywhere performing (laughs) DNA experiments and shit on everybody all over the place. You want powers? Just find the right scumbag doctor to go. Just go the go the dark web. You you can get it. Just uh, just know the right place to look. Just like healing, though, you might be fucked. Okay, so then we get into probably the most unrealistic season uh, scene in almost any one of these Netflix series that Trisha's mother acts like a normal person and she, 
For, yeah, there's a moment, there's a scene where uh, they're standing she over Jess, where she says, Jess, I don't blame you for this. There's no reason to argue about whose fault this is right now with Trish dying in the bed. If Trish dies, you and I are the only ones that you're we're the only people that have each other. You know, we're the only family that the two of us have left. And Jessica is like, oh, what's going on here? Trish's mother's not being a ridiculous, succubus, horrible yeah, individual. But is by the end of this conversation. But... Oh, by the end of the episode, she is. Yeah, totally. Once she finds out anything about Jessica's mother, she, uh, she, she totally. But in this brief moment, Trish's mother is almost a normal person in the scene. It's, uh, it's the most unrealistic thing to happen in all these Netflix series. No, it, she, there's like a half a second where she's almost all right. So speaking of Jessica's family, Alyssa broke out of jail, scooped up some clothes from Goodwill, which aren't totally dissimilar to the, to the style of the flannel shirt out with, or whatever, and makes every tourist's favorite destination Times Square. I've never related to Alyssa more than in this moment where the swarms of annoying people all around are fill her with murderous rage. Uh, every Trish talk poster she sees, and this is a funny moment, she sees, reminds her that she has to kill Trish, and they're taking down the posters, and some, some guy's like, you, we've got an extra one if you want, and she's like, Ugh. <laughs> whatever so Alyssa stops by the radio station and uh and bursts in when she sees another blonde woman that looks kind of like her and throws uh, Trisha's boss up against a wall and uh that's it then we're talking about a woman who handles setbacks in a completely reasonable way we see let's get to Hogarth here a little bit Hogarth hunts down the pawn shops where Inez and Shane sold her stuff and also gets a handgun and curly fries from I forget the character's name, but he's in all. But it's this. awesome that he's that he's in this. Episode. Yeah, he's the he's, he's in every season of every. Yeah, he's the new Rosario Dawson. Oh, and people. He was, he's been in every single Daredevil one, two, Iron Fist. He's been in them all. Yep, I think he's been in every single one of them. I'm pretty sure, maybe not Punisher. So maybe, but I think he was. And uh, somehow I think he was. And this was an awesome scene. I love. I love. Uh, I love seeing Hogarth back to back to form and, and going for a sweet revenge here. So he got her a gun and some curly fries, which is really awesome. She tells. She then tells Inez she bumps into. Uh, kind of uh, is casing the place where she knows he is, and he was, and she sees in. Inez in, uh, takes her into the car and explains that Shane is a con artist and kind of manipulates her into against Look, Shane. I have these letters. They're evidence. <laughs> he's an awful person. And he's manipulating you. And Inez is like, I'm going to kill this guy. So, so then Inez gets out of the car, goes upstairs, and tells her, Look at Bitch is down there right now. Just gave me this gun. Thinks I'm going to come up here and kill you. We should make it look real good. I'll stand in front of the window. You get off screen while I pull the trigger. It'll be awesome. We're going to fuck this bitch over again. <laughs> and uh, Tim says that that's what uh, Marvel does. They do this stuff. When the Avengers or X-Men guys are busy. Yeah, with, this is uh, when the Avengers or the X-Men are busy. Call these guys. That should be the, that should be uh, Luke and Iron Fist's slogan for uh, Avengers light. <laughs> so then we get into Artie Bucco and his uh, partner, Ruth Sunday, uh, who never really liked or trusted Jessica, they grill her at Alias. Where is your mother? Where could she be? Jessica kind of bullshits and rifles through one of Carl's old journals. And, well, that's evidence. Why do you have that? Uh, well, I'm helping you right now. And the uh, patient exhibited obsessive, destructive fixation on an object or a person. Jessica, which she should have figured right away, figures out that Alyssa will be after Trish. And Trish will not be safe without Jessica at the hospital. Sure, her location is private now. But, dude, she's Patsy. So, right on cue. Yep. 
<laughs> the mother shows up and blows Trisha's co- cover. She just can't help herself. And the mother is just, oh, yes, Patsy's at the hospital. She's doing good. Uh, thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> and uh, we see Carl. We see the mother being back in the hotel room and with one of Carl's T-shirts crying about him being dead and finding out Trisha's location. Solid work, mom. So and then and then with that, Alyssa steals an RV from a total fucking idiot idiot kid that just doesn't even see her walk behind her walk behind him and take the take the take the uh take the rv and she likes to drive she's a really good driver so uh yep so carl left her i wonder how much she drove over all this time but whatever i guess once you're it's like riding a bike so jess and Alyssa drive in or get into trisha's hospital room Basically at the same exact time. Don't you love it when shit like that works out? Jess tries to talk her mom down, assuring her that Trish isn't responsible for all her anguish. That's just a story you made up in your head. Then uh, just because I'm paranoid doesn't mean Trish isn't after me. Uh, Then Alyssa grabs Jess and uses her arm to choke Trish, which is all awesome. But then Jess is able to reach for her mom somehow and can get a couple shots in on her every once in a while and cries to her in a really excellently acted scene don't do this to me again please like don't kill the only family i have now Alyssa, for a second stops by this and she's stunned that anyone by her return to nom and it really kind of shocked me that she was immediately not because she could break down the homicidal thing for a second she's trying to work out a plan the plan that that will work without jess like how could she can get jess out of here and kill and kill her at the same time but just as just as she's trying to figure out a way costa and her partner pop into the room Alyssa takes Sunday as hostage and then jumps backwards through the window and dies on impact and it's fucking horrible this is fucking like not really horrible predictable in a sense but oh my god this just again shows Joe that this girl or that Alyssa just doesn't give a fuck dude she doesn't mm-hmm. she does not give any fucking fucks to get what she wants she'll kill to get what she wants to have her ends needed yeah and and I can't yeah. believe, and to go to your point about being confused or not completely being on board with everything that happens in these last episodes, the more I talk through, the more it seems surprising to me that Jessica would ever agree to go right. with her again at, at any point. At this point right here in the room, it's take the shot, Costa. What the yeah. fuck are you waiting for? Yeah. And what like, is... You know, you, you know that this woman is going to kill her. Yeah. It's it's almost a little bit on Artie Bucco. It's similar to when he had a shot at Benny and he just couldn't take it. It's he just, he basically fails here in this situation as much as more even so than Jessica. Jessica's trying to calm the situation, but Costa had a shot and hesitated. And he said he did it because of Jessica or he blames Jessica for it, but this was really his his fault. He should have taken that shot. Yeah, Jessica didn't ever tell him as far as I can remember, and I remember thinking this immediately afterwards. Jessica doesn't say no, don't shoot her. Don't shoot. Don't shoot. Jessica's saying, let her go. He's saying, let her go. And she's not doing it. And and the cop is saying, shoot her. Yeah. But I don't remember Jessica being like, don't shoot. Don't shoot. You know, we can we can solve this or she'll, she'll surrender or anything. I don't remember that, that coming out of Jessica's mouth because you trusted me. About what? Bitch, psychotically, everything I said she was going to do, she did until she broke out of prison, which I said she was going to do if that dude fucking died. Yeah, and this uh, and murdered a cop there, continuously murdered. This is a mass murderer. This isn't. This isn't just 
you know, so why do you think is... I turned her into you in the first place, Costa? Yep. For killing people left and right. So fuck. So Sunday dies on impact. A pool of blood swells around her body with a little trail of bloody flip footprints where Alyssa fled. Again, she can jump out, do a backflip out a window here pretty easily. So, uh, okay. So now that she knows the deal with Jessica's mom, uh, she's here to tell Jess that Alyssa must be so proud of the heartless monster you turned into. Oh, okay. Uh, this is what uh, Trisha's mother says to Jessica and starts shit talking her. Trish has been transported to the morgue. And if anyone else is surprised, there isn't a doctor or nurse with her at all times. Seems like a sort of skeleton staff there. Cops are here to shadow Jess until it's all over in case her mom comes back. Costa, who stuck his neck out for Jess over and over again, still believes in her, but the body count has gotten too high, too close to home. Hey, Jones, why don't you try and be a hero, he tells her. And you know that's not you. So uh, so then we get a little comic relief in the morgue attendant who quips about Trish. I told her to stick with her stick with her lifestyle format. Remember how useful he was last season. So those used to be the good old days. Jess gets a minute alone to talk to Trish, who is unconscious. Uh, she admits in basically an empty room that she was always jealous of Trish having a mother. And I don't know about that mother. Trish comes to with a loving greeting, calling her an asshole after confirming some of Bates and basic details am i dead but you should be for some stupid shit trish lashes out at jess for derailing her her one chance to have powers jess doesn't even deserve the powers she has she keeps going all you do is piss them away and uh and jess cracks fuming over this being the focus of your ridiculous insecurity and they have a real argument like they go back and forth and trish Similar to what she did when she was an addict during the Cray Cray episode where she attacks her for going to college with her for going to college and a similar attack tries to work Je uh, Jess's insecurity and Jessica kind of calls her on this one and comes back and and uh, and I agree this is where Jay makes a point and maybe you disagree with this Joe Trish has some points with what she's saying to Jessica about she doesn't take it seriously enough the power she has and and the response when she drinks it away and and all that sort of crap. She she makes a couple of decent points here to her. But again, it's the Walter thing. You're being an asshole, Trish. So then. Right. Right, Trish. <laughs> because you had everything. You had everything. And you pissed it all away. Then, then they gave it all back to you to be a pop star. And you pissed it all away. And then they said, okay, we'll give you a shot at radio. And you just about pissed it all away, yelling at me from your little hospital bed. Go fuck yourself. Uh -huh. You're an idiot. And the words you speak fall to deaf ears because every step of the way you're, you're have, a, you have accomplished everything you accuse me of. So go fuck yourself. I love it, Joe. Love it. So, uh, so He's trying. Okay, so then for a second, Alyssa calls. Uh, Jess refers to Trish as her best friend, and then when Alyssa and Jess need a place to meet, Trish volunteers her apartment. Now, okay, uh, and I guess I guess it's a good example and of friends, whatever you want to talk about, who's right, who's wrong in the situation. It, I like that in this moment, anyways. Even though they hate each other or are angry at each other, and can say these shit to each other. Maybe Trish wants to get Alyssa in a place where she can get her later because eventually through this, she tries to talk Jess into murdering her there. She's inviting her into her apartment. Now they talk about it. I know what Trish is doing. She's telling her to go to the apartment because that's where the weapons are. So Jess can take one of the weapons and kill her there. That's a, a safe place for her to kill her. 
But uh, but anyways, it, she's they, she's still like they break down after saying all that horrible shit to each other. They're right away and again almost talking sensibly to each other right afterwards. That flies. I've definitely I've been that way with Joe. I've been that way with some other friends where you're like screaming at the person, going crazy, and then the next second you're like, oh dude, you want to go get some uh, curly fries? <laughs> okay, cool. We'll go get some curly fries. And then you still ha- you still have the anger about the situation, but it's like there's certain people that at least at this point Jessica isn't ready to wipe herself of her of uh, Trish she just wanted Trish to know how she felt in that moment in in in, in response to what she said uh, because they because she really does look at her as her best friend or her sister or whatever so Trish tells Jess uh, where they stash Simpson's arsenal and tells her to put Alyssa down you're not you're the only one powerful enough to do it I guess apparently not it only takes uh, uh, a a long distance shot with a handgun on a uh, Ferris wheel. Trish also says she would totally do it herself if she was powered, which is not exactly relevant or fair, but I guess is another connection to the fact that she is powered at this point. She has already got her powers uh, that we see manifest itself later, but it could have manifested itself on that shot too, whatever, on like perfect, perfect uh, concentration, whatever, and whatever she ended up getting. So uh, Trish says she would totally do it if she's super powered, which is not exactly relevant, but fair. But whatever, we've all been through a lot. Also, uh, she won't even delete. Uh, she won't even delete her own mother from, and her mother's super fucking toxic. So it's interesting how quickly she wants Jessica yep. to cast off her, her own mother in this situation to go kill her own mother, and can't understand why it might be difficult, dude. It's it's even if my mother. My mother wasn't not too much information. I'm not going to go like all personal, but my mother wasn't the best person in the world, but I still fucking love my mother and I still had to make excuses. And you make excuses for your for your mother at certain points. You'll always make excuses. But and and even I when they, make excuses for my mother, my mother's perfect. Oh, she's fucking a sweetheart. Yeah, I mean, you you're you're lucky. You you have the you have the biggest sweetheart mother in the fucking world. And uh but no, I mean, we've all and we Everybody has good and bad qualities, but like, but you know, Joe, I mean, like we all, we all go through shit, but even through all the shit that, that I I had to go through, I still, you know, love her and took care of her when she was sick. And you still, you still go through that shit. You got to go through that shit. And so the fact that Trish has no sensitivity to the fact that this might be difficult for Jess, even if it is the right decision, Walter, you're an asshole. So, so then Trish has some weird fucking convulsions and shit. And uh, this is, if you think about, if you go from the end to now, this is her getting her superpowers as the superpowers are starting to come in into her body. Soon enough, Jess manages to uh, give her tail a slip and gets the morgue van driver to give her a lift to Trish's place. By that time, Alyssa gets there. Jess has her gun cocked and pressed against the back of Alyssa's head. Jess feels like she's out of options. Alyssa, who isn't the world's most unbiased party here, insists that isn't the case. Jess points out that Alyssa came within inches of killing Trish. Alyssa escalates by response. An inch is miles for me. She says that Jess can pull back uh, from the edge of time every time and they'll be a great team. Now, Alyssa oh, thinks. Oh, yeah, broke. What does Broke say? If his mother was out on a killing spree, I wouldn't rat her out. Give her a head start. Hell yeah. Yep. You'd have Without to. You'd have to. Fuck I that. I got a place for her to hide a couple bodies if she needs them. Put me in. Put me in jail for accessory. I would have to. I would have to. Com- I would have to commit crimes I with my I'm mother. Yeah, I, statute of limitations. I committed crimes with my mother. I had to. <laughs> I had to. She asked me. You do it, even if I thought it wasn't right. So you do that. You you do a lot of shit for your mother. So your brains is just too goddamn broke, even if uh, 
even if it's the right one. So Alyssa says there's nothing to live for without Jess, which would have been a more touching thing to say before Carl died. So pull the trigger, she says, at her daughter. Honestly, I would rather if it was you. I don't think Alyssa believed Jessica would actually do it. Just days earlier, Alyssa was appalled to learn that Jess was racked with guilt for being the distraction that caused the family car crash. If Jess was crushed by how responsible, and again, this is the writer's stuff, but I think it's fun stuff. If Jess was crushed by how responsible she felt for that, a fatal accident that took place when she was just a child riding in the back seat, how would she ever live with herself for literally killing her mother point blank? Uh, Jessica loses her nerve. Alyssa grabs the gun and knocks her out cold. Jessica, uh, Alyssa kidnaps her daughter, throws her in the back of the trailer, and, and yep, obviously my mom loves and cares about me a lot. She's going to make me either shoot her or uh, that's my option. Great mom, thanks, thanks, thanks that you would want me to have to live with that. Wonderful, and, and one I should spend some more time with. And Jay says it's not a good comparison unless your mother's a mass murderer. It's a comparison on a minor level. Yeah, and how do you know? I I, I didn't tell you what she did. She could have been. <laughs> what those crimes were. Yeah, you don't know what those you crimes were. You did say were. statute of limitations, and there is none on murder. Fair, fair, Joe, fair, Joe. Hey, Lola, great to see you. And uh, great to see everyone in the live chat. John Wayne, haven't finished this yet, but I dropped thought I'd jump in the chat and say hello. Great to see Mel in the live motherfucking chat. Great to see all of those. <laughs> Joe doesn't look happy, says Lolo. Uh, Joe's Joe's always happy. Who are you, who, who are you kidding? He's always happy. So uh, Jess wakes up. Alyssa talks about... Okay, so this is our final episode of the season, episode 13, a.k.a. Playland. Now, it's a Jones family road trip. It can't possibly end more tragically than it did last time, right? So when Jess wakes up, Alyssa talks about the life they could have had together. Alyssa is still thrilled that she no longer actually homicidal, but it was almost a homicidal while she may be. But Jessica bluntly puts it, you're insane. The way, because as Joe said, she just fucking attacks her and throws her in the back of the car. She's like, aren't I better? Yeah, you're so much better, mom. It's fucking progress. So Jessica's situation isn't entirely unlike the one Alyssa was in the Carl situation. Technically, she's not a prisoner, but also she's not in a position to leave without some potentially ugly consequences. So I'm just going to kind of yada yada all this as we get towards the end. So Alyssa goes for the sales pitch. She and Jessica are the two most powerful women in the world. We can do anything, anything except stay in New York and keep their identities. But we can do anything. Drunken days fall by drunken nights. Jessica doesn't want to leave Trish behind, but Alyssa tells her it's impossible for normal people to be around powered people. Chloe's still fuming about the way Jessica's dad held her back. She continues to attack the dad several times in this episode. Alyssa rails against morals who like supers like the Jones women dimming out a light, limping your way through life. It sounds like a sweet, incestuous version of the future, but uh, Alyssa knows that she's doing what she's, what she's after. So does Jessica. Imagine going your whole life without your mom. Okay, so... So basically, she is just trying to convince her that through this whole episode to to go on her side. And ultimately, there is a family that is on the side of the road that is a wreckage. And both Alyssa and Jess pull the they family from the rest earlier on the road. Oh, do they? I missed that part. So they do pass yeah, them earlier they're, while they're while they're having their back and forth in the RV. Jessica looks out the window at the happy family traveling. And, you know, five minutes later down the road. <clears throat> this car has been hit by a you know big truck and it's carnage and flames and they go on their little superhero spree and save them all. <laughs> Jay has a question for you, Joe. Who do you think is a worse person, okay. Trish, Ma Trish's mom or Jess's mom? Here's the thing, and I think Jessica put this the best way, answered it best. Jessica's mom has severe brain injuries. 
those alter a personality and alter your ability or can not always, but can also alter your ability to not necessarily know right from wrong, but impulse control can be greatly reduced, if not completely destroyed with some brain injuries. Now that doesn't make an excuse, but it does mean that her personality has been altered and not necessarily some of the things she does can be attributed to her directly, right? It is still her fault. She goes out and kills people. Don't get me wrong. No, it's an explanation. Like it's an explanation. Like, it's not an excuse. It's for her personality, right? Now, everybody's got trauma. Obviously, we've seen Tris has trauma in her past as well. But as far as who do I think is a worse person, I don't I, – I can't really – I think it's almost six of one, half a dozen of the other, because by the end of this, Trish is just a fucking murderer too. Trish did not go there to save a life. Trish didn't go and take it like she purposefully went to the park where she knew that these they were to take the life of the mother. Not to save Jessica, not to talk Jessica out of it, not to go stop police from getting murdered. No, just specifically to go murder Jessica's mom. The murders that we necessarily see the mother commit, uh, they were much more spur of the moment, impulse control murders, mm. and not necessarily planned out. With the exception of the one she wanted to commit on price mate on on uh, on the other PI. Yeah, like I don't necessarily know if we have any premeditate. We see her premeditate any murders, but we know that Trish absolutely premeditated that murder because there was. You know, they're in the fucking Ferris wheel. There's no, like, nobody was in danger at that moment. And yet Trish still felt the need to go shoot this woman in the fucking, in the head. Like, yeah, she attacked you. Okay. But this is not self-defense. Like, if I attack you and three days later you come shoot me, that's not self-defense. It's just not. I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. But if I'm attacking you and I'm continuing to attack you and you shoot me, all right, self-defense. If I attack you and then I start running away and you shoot me in the back, not self-defense. Do you need Tim to quote Spock? Because he will. He'll spot with great power comes great responsibility. Oh, no, with uh, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. I, I love it. If you say great power comes great responsibility to me, I'll freak out. So Alyssa and Jess rescue the family from a car crash, but as Alyssa goes back to pull the one last person from the wreckage, the flames bloom bigger and a huge explosion erupts. Jessica thinks she might have lost her mom for real this time, but no, everyone's okay. Overcome with relief, Jess hugs Alyssa so hard. It's the first like real emotional hug that we yeah, seem to have. because I thought you died just then. Like what I would have imagined, like she's having all this problem with like, I can't turn you in. I can't jump out of the car. Like all these ways of her trying to escape that she went over, right. Would end up horribly wrong and with people dead. But her first thing when she, when mom may have died in that explosion, isn't <sighs> don't have to deal with that. It's over. No. And okay. Maybe I understand that, but, then again, I just don't understand this response, this big hug response, this big like, oh, phew, you're not dead. I love you so much, mom. Like, I just don't understand this at all. And this made no sense as far as the writing was concerned in my head. It completely fucking ruined the flow of the whole fucking story, completely out of character for Jessica, even if she is all in trauma. 
Like, it just, I did not like this hug whatsoever. And then it, it transitioned into the hug. Jess is clinging to her mom like she will drown without her, Joe. So back at the ranch, uh, Trish vitals are normal and her mom is manipulating and mean. Uh, that's normal stuff. Trish believes that Jess needs her help, but Dorothy is unconvinced. What exactly is failed? What exactly is a failed radio personality going to do that a trained law enforcement professional and a superpowered woman can't? Malcolm uh, leaves his keys to Jessica's place because... Oh, I'll show you! <laughs> After in the last episode, they uh, Jessica fired him one last time, and he said, "I'll save you from asking me back." I quit. Places the key on the desk. Calls. Uh, um, he she never once asked you the fuck back. You just kept coming back. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Really, Malcolm? Like, you completely missed everything that was ever said to you in one of those moments. And have been living in your own fucking fantasy world about what you want to happen. You'll save me from what and quit? What? I've never asked you back. I just wake up and you're in my fucking living room again and again. <laughs> oh, we got Lola who says, I think Joe is right and gives a fucking spin for Lola. Thank you so much, Lola, for the Super Chat donation. And really do appreciate that. It's always awesome to see Lola, one of our longtime friends, that says, Joe... It actually landed on a Joe one. It says, Joe, do a character impression. <laughs> so uh, so think about it. Jo I want powers now, Daddy. Do it, do it, do it. Now. It's my, uh... What, do, do a little bit more, Joe. Hey, Daddy, Trisha, I want to go Trisha to Van Salt. Here we go again. <laughs> Here we go. All right, I want powers right. now, Daddy. I want powers you know. now. I, I want to be strong, go. Daddy. Okay. <laughs> How much do you want for the golden goose? They're not for sale. Name your price. Why not, Daddy? Give them to me now! Give it to me now! <laughs> there we go. There we go. I didn't want to play too much of it. But uh, there we go. Uh, good job, Joe, and thank you so much to Lola for the Super Chat donation. Really do appreciate that. I love when it lands. Dude, I want it now, Daddy. Fucking sound bite. Ready for that. Yeah, I did. I, I had it. I had it right. I had it right there. There we go. Want to wear them like braids in my hair, and I don't want to share them. There we go. That's tri that's the tri that's the Patsy theme song. <laughs> Everyone knows it's Patsy. Ten thousand tons of ice cream. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so <laughs> uh, he said she uh, he he said she kept letting him come back and said, in case you change your mind, I quit. I still say Jessica is stupid for firing him. Guess what? Uh, oh, fucking uh, not uh, not on Earth, but you could have schooled him, Tim, with the first episode. Sorry, I'm getting uh, I'm getting distracted by the awesomeness of the live motherfucking chat as always. So, okay. Oh, she didn't have to fire him. She didn't have to fight him. She kept telling her him to take initiative to do to go do. What are you sitting here for? Why aren't you going? Like go do, you know. She didn't have to fire him. You know he's still learning. He made a couple of mistakes, but no, absolutely. Uh, it was definitely a mistake of hers. But she's been firing him since day one anyway. So yeah, because she she doesn't. This guy can go fuck himself. And I don't want to say just because I like. The way the Jessica Jones character is mostly written doesn't mean she's not a fucking asshole, too. I don't mean to be so high on she's every decision she makes right. No, no. She makes a lot of fucking so, stupid so what asshole does fuck decisions. Face go and do? What does fuckface go and do after he fucked that all up so bad? He goes and steals her fucking shit. He steals her case. Yeah, for he himself. He steals, right? he steals Jerry's case and dug up some like, dirt. Fuck him, asshole. 
<laughs> Straight and, asshole. And uh, Malcolm deals with his breakup from Jessica and Trish by giving him a dramatic haircut and a whole new look. Now, uh, I feel like now it's a good time to say every single episode of the season was direct. Okay. Let's, uh, now, uh, Daredevil. Sorry, I'm just reading. I'm skipping over some of the uh, writer's stuff. Malcolm goes to Jerry's apartment to tell her he's officially... He's officially gone freelance. Next, we see Jerry striding into her office, looking very cat-like, caught the canary as she corners her partners in the conference room, using her leverage, thanks to Malcolm, to get a few more zeros added to her buyout plan. Plus, all her clients, including Rand, so she keeps Danny, and the and and the biggie, which is the biggie. And I love that she. Uh, That's sixty-four percent. I'm taking it all. I'm taking it all. But uh, but Jerry is happy to compensate Malcolm for his efforts. Whatever number was on the check made his eyebrows go, what the fuck? But he's inexperienced, and she's starting her own firm, so she doesn't need a private investigator like on, on salary. But she is going to pay him handsomely. It's like, get your shit together. How much, just for joking standpoint, how much money do you think she get, she gave him? I know it's there's not real. It's like what's in the box or something. But, uh, 10 to 25. Somewhere in between. 10 to 25. I was going to say 25. 10 to, 20, 10 to 25 shuts my mouth immediately in that in that moment. Yeah. They, what movie is that? You just give someone $25,000. It's, it's Should I give them a check for uh, for a million dollars or $25,000 cash? $25,000 shuts anybody up. I forget what movie that's from. It's it's a live room movie. But uh, but uh, but yeah, I tend to th- tend to think it was between 25 and 50, but was, was my thought. Uh, 50 is a little high, but. Uh, Malcolm will start his own agency. Yeah, I hope so, and I hope that's what he does with his money. Lola says she's impressed with your with your uh, character impression there. So uh, as for our, our Joneses on the run, Jess meets with Oscar, who brought the papers for her mom, but tells her tells him that she needs papers too. And Oscar, who brought the papers, oh, uh, says, "Are you an idiot? <laughs> what what are you doing? Don't be a moron." And Jess points out that. Uh, that the reason why you care so much about your son, you said she said something about how much he gives a shit about his son. And she said, the reason why you care so much about your son is why I care about my mother. And yeah, I, I'm with Joe to a certain extent. I, I buy her need for it. And again, I'm not, I don't like to make things too personal, but it, but I can relate. You need someone in your life. You don't know a part or your family. They come back into your life. You think you lose them. They're back. It's she wants this to believe this, but she also many times has made the right rational decision here. Knows her mother is a murderer. Knows her mother's all fucked up. Knows Oscar's right right here and is trying to connect the dots and say the relationship I have with my mom's the same you have with your son. No, that's an insult to the relationship. That's an insult to what Oscar is as a father. He's a good father. He has a good relationship with his son from everything we've been seeing. Your mother is a fucking the per, the the entity that is your mother now. Your mother ceased to exist after the car accident. The yep. the Frankenstein monster that is being that was built by Carl is not your mother. And I, it's again, if I'm doing Star Trek stuff, it's like Mirror Universe Jennifer Sisko. It may look a little bit like it, and it's, but it's not. No, it doesn't. It just sounds like it. Just it just sounds like it. So to me, it's more like Robocop. But it's Robocop isn't really, what's his name? It's uh, Murphy. Isn't Murphy. It's, uh, he has. This much of it is Murphy. In some of the like memories. Oh, looks like Murphy. I know you're still in there. Yeah. You have his jaw. <laughs> in, in three of his memories. And they... Right, exactly. 
three fractured three of his memories completely fractured he pe- you must be him he pieces it together through computers and shit like that he's like oh, he's like oh, he's like i can figure that i can figure this shit out so uh <laughs> okay so uh he learns he leans out the window over a bridge railing or whatever uh anyways so he wants he's like please be careful jessica and and uh, he's going to make her information, passports and stuff so she can escape to. So eight hours to Montreal. This is on a high hopes as there will be side by side superheroes. We know how Jessica feels about spandex. Alyssa is more open minded. I could totally rock a unitard. C- cute scene. We also uh, know how Jessica feels about the suburbs. They're currently winding through Westchester at the time. And uh, so Detective Costa Figures out like the kid who finally realizes that his trailer was stolen uh, and left his phone and or left another phone in the car because we actually see him with his phone or with uh, whatever a phone got left in the car and uh, when they when they all picked up the kids the family they stuffed them in the trailer oh they did okay so that kid left the car okay thank you yeah that was the phone that was the phone okay so I thought it was the kid oh, 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 oh. so we hear the voice of a of a rig. Oh, oh. Oh, 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 oh. Costa says, I'm one of the good cops, but I still believe you're one of the good ones too, but you have to prove it. There's no hope for Alyssa who crossed a line she can't come back from. And this and this is so true. No matter what, you, you're going to get to the board. So you don't want cops here to die. You want all the border patrol to die instead. You don't think we've sent out. You don't think we, we, we've got you going north, going west, like towards the borders and shit. Like, are you kidding me? And Are you kidding me? And, come on. Yeah, and Jessica talks to him for enough time, goes to see Costa goes to see Trish and tells her that Jessica is aiding and abetting Alyssa's escape. Trish refuses to believe it, that Jess would do such a thing. But then Costa, who's frankly been right about almost everything this season, reminds Trish that we only can get we only get one mother. That's a powerful bond, no matter how batshit crazy they might be. Costa will try to bring Jess into safety, but says no promises. Trish, in the tone of a voice of someone who clearly knows where Jess could be, says she has no idea where Jess could be. And then gives him a, oh, I, oh no, I don't know. The oh, oh. face she gives him afterwards. Like, no, I'm not lying to you. So can I just understand the logistics of all of this for a second here? So then Trish, apparently at this point, steals a car, leaves the hospital, and... Goes to get dressed, goes get her gun. Goes to get her gun, drives the nine hours or so where they're still hanging out at the Ferris wheel park. I'm just a little weird. Not a little... And the cop, too. Costa, Costa goes back and forth from the hospital. From, from wait, from, like, the accident place, probably because that's where the invested or the... So how long did they spend at play? The roadblock? No, he called and found about the roadblock that they blew, right? But... Oh, I bet they blew that robot. Yeah, they were driving all night. They were driving all so night. So Trish catches up to them. Does her superpowers come with supercar speed too? Like, like, I'm just curious how Trish got there to or so fucking quick. So quick to and how the and sc- how many times had Trish been there? Like yeah, this was some place that Jessica vacationed with her so family. She, rem- she remembered before it before the accident. She remembered it exactly. How long did they spend at Playland? It seems like they get there. And again, I just don't think the time was quite as it got a little it got, was weird it got it a was little wonky hate. it was weird it was, it was phil i'm telling you these last couple episodes really seemed like slapped together almost like the writers got to a point and they were like ah oh, i don't know what to do now like 
from from the moment they get she gets whacked in the face or, with the butt of that gun, like I, I'm like I don't understand maybe, how the writers made any of these decisions. Maybe they knew of them. Maybe they knew how they wanted it to end with Trish doing that, but they weren't sure how to get there. And and I'm telling you, there's there's probably I could probably rattle off like 30 different ways to get there than any of the shit that happened, including that fucking weak ass, stupid fucking hug after that explosion. Like there's so much wrong with these last two and a half, you know, almost the Kilgrave episode isn't as bad as the last two episodes in my mind. But again, like I said, it could have also been because, you know, I had it in my mind. I'm watching a superhero thing. And there was no big superhero ending to any of this. And I there was see no says, big power off. There was no big like two or two versus one, one on one, nothing, none of that. It just it was all just very what the fuck? Uh, okay. So to go into the chat for one second, Paul's rocking Steve Rave on the whole time, and uh, that's where her shields came from. Uh, yes, yeah, super reflexes, Phil. She could have honestly had super driving skills. AK in there in the in the live motherfucking chat. Great to see you. That's what I was thinking. How did Trish get there so fast? I see. Says it's Littlefinger's transporter. Is she borrowed that? Yeah. She, she definitely Little did. <laughs> she borrowed Littlefinger's horse. Yeah. yeah, she did. It zipped right up there. It was, it was no problem. So okay. So Jess, Jess and her end up at Playland on Ferris wheel or some shit like that. Alyssa tells Jess back at Carl's house the one that made Jessica smile. And you might also recognize the Ferris wheel from its prominent placement in the photo of Jess and her brother that Alyssa carries all the time with her. So Jess thinks that they're here because there are sailboats nearby, but Alyssa has other ideas. Uh, Alyssa powers up the Ferris wheel. It does look pretty cool. And then they jumps on it and they go and they and they ride it. So Jess, who's never taken direction well, climbs into the seat with her mother. Alyssa suddenly, finally, the mom again, not the wild, whatever, is uh, is in there, sacrifices for a kid. She says, uh, listen, you need to get out of here. Somehow, and this was a weird transition on Alyssa's part where suddenly the manipulation drops for a second, or maybe it's the final manipulation tactic when you have your mark in there and you want to give them one out. So after the fact, when they still go through with it, you can be like, I gave you an out. Why didn't you take it? So she gives yeah, her, you a, forced me on the run. Now I was going to give up back at the Ferris wheel. Exactly. And I think this is that last uh, manipulation tactic instead of a moment of clarity by Alyssa that she was thinking, so Oh, I either way. If this is a last tactic like that, which I kind of didn't think it was, it's going to get a bunch of cops killed along the way through it. Very, and that's going to turn Jessica against her because they are going to come. You just lit up an amusement park at what two in the morning or some shit at one um, eleven at night. Like everybody in town is going to know that this happened. They're going to send police here, and you are going to kill the stupid night shift fucking cop who probably hasn't pulled anybody over in twenty five years in this town or even written a ticket. Like the one cop in New York that doesn't need to fucking die. Yeah, <laughs> none and, of them need to die. Excuse me, did I say that? <laughs> and there we go. The vision of the two of them as a team. Alyssa says was the best dream I ever had. Somehow uh, we talk a lot, Joe. It's a it's a lot of talk. Some, oh, thank. Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. Thank you so much for the sub right now. Really do appreciate that. Uh, somehow you're standing on top of a rubble like a shining light. She tells her daughter, "Hero isn't a bad word. If you say great power, great responsibility, I'm going to punch you. I'm going to throw up. Uh, it's just someone who gives a shit." And uh, and does something about it. Alyssa, who has uh, raged all her life about ways their ambition was stymied, her gifts squandered into nothing, takes Jessica's face in her hand. Maybe I don't have to be amazing. Maybe I just made you. Again, I tend to think this is all 
if if this isn't a manipulation tactic, it's a weird sudden turn that she suddenly drops all of it for some reason and feels bad about all of this. Or or it was the plan all along for Jess to use Jessica to get her to a point where she can't escape, like right here in the Canadian border, and then tell Jessica, fuck off, knock her out, and get the fuck out of here if she won't leave herself. Whatever it was, it makes more sense to me than suddenly she's having a moment of maternal connection right here because I just don't buy that suddenly I don't want to include you in all of this. And Jessica says, I won't let you too late. Right in that moment, that uh, is when Trish somehow got there. I guess they were at the amusement park for nine hours waiting for that Ferris wheel to power up. I I honestly don't, or super reflexes, as gets mentioned in the chat, that she had from, from uh, the drugs later got her to be able to drive it. 150 miles per hour and concentrate or something. I don't know. Or Littlefinger, Magic Horse, whatever, however you want to say it. Trish got there very, very quick. And it's Patsy. And she uh, shoots Alyssa right in the side of the head. And she says, the police would have shot you both. I saved your life, Jess. And Jess Yeah, what thinking is that? Why would you think the police were going to shoot us both unarmed on a Ferris wheel? What makes you think they wouldn't just like, you know stop it when we got to the bottom at gunpoint and said, get out. (laughs) They're just going to blow up the fucking park. Yeah. Okay. Trish, you're a smart one. No, I can understand if they hold out, if they try to run, but there is a certain, maybe they beat her some sure, (laughs) but just open fire at everybody. Any, you know, yep. That's them in there. I don't know if anybody else is on the bottom of the teacup or not. You know, any other hostages might be around. Just open fire. Kill them all, Trish. Yep. <laughs> You're so smart, Patsy. Everyone Thank knows. God we're going to have heroes like you. Everyone knows it's Patsy. I did like the line, you've used up two of your nine lives. Oh, yeah. We got that one for the uh, the Hellcat. Little back, little touch to the Hellcat. You did the right thing, Costa tells her. But, oh, wait. The pa- police would have shot you both. Not wrong, but Jess obviously isn't a place to hear that right now. So she tells Trish to fucking run. And she goes back to her mom's dead body as the police arrive. She just curls up and cries. And it makes it look like she was the one that killed her mom. Costa says, you you did the right thing. But, uh, but yep. And uh, back in New York, Jess gets back to work. She stops at a liquor store uh, where robbery is taking place. And a nifty bottle throwing skills knocks a dude out. And I love this. She tries to take the bottle for thanks uh, a booze. And he's like, I run a business. You kind of have to pay for that. <laughs> what an asshole. Yeah. Just fuck it. You- and he's about to like kill the guy. I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to kill your whole fucking family for robbing me. Yep. <laughs> That's what he yells at the guy. Just like, dude. So, relax so on her way to call the, the cops yeah call the cops relax dude all the way back to the elevator trisha's phone gets bumped from her hand and she catch oh wait so i'm sorry so uh, oh i have super reflexes now yeah trish Mott tries to make amends saying she'll always be jess's sister and oh, i lost you. the only family i had just oh, no, she caught it on her foot jess says get the fuck out of here and yeah she drops her phone gets bumped and she catches the phone on her foot I had to do it. Somebody had to stop her. Yeah, and somebody would have. It didn't have to be you. You didn't have to go get out of your fucking hospital bed, travel eight hours, and shoot my mother in the fucking head. It was not your responsibility, Trish. So Malcolm still... That was straight fucking murder. Straight fucking murder. That's all that was. That was that was planned, plotted, and executed murder malcolm still dressed to impress has found a new home for his talents working for price chang and which turns um 
which turns into Malcolm is working for Jerry, who has enlisted Price's service for her new for- firm. Right, because Price is the detective and fuckboy there is an associate, is like outsourced or an employee. So he falls under Cheng's license. Yep. And uh, the mystery job comes with complete autonomy, a generous retainer, and its only requirement is discretion. So Jess is alone, which it's going to be interesting to see going into Jessica Jones season three, the Malcolm storyline connected to the Hogarth stuff. And as Hogarth gets more revenge on her situation or she's already kind of got the ball rolling with Inez and fucking over that other dude, it's going to be Hogarth is going to be very dangerous in these series moving forward, considering her diagnosis and depending on how much longer she's alive for. Exactly. But but I mean, shoot, I think. I think she's not going anywhere anytime soon in these series. I, I think at least another round of these series Hogarth will be a part of. Probably if there's another round then, or she will di- might even die or somehow be out of commission at the end of the, these round of series. So Jess is all alone. Almost, almost her mom is dead for real this time. She and Malcolm are, as she swore, she would be just people living in the same hall, walking past each other. She's excommunicated Trish from her life. It took some time coming back from the dead to show me that I've been dead too, says her voiceover. Jess tells us in, and as she goes downstairs to see Oscar, who is, has that standing invitation for dinner. Vito's awesomely excited as says, can you, did you save anybody today? And she pauses for a second and smiles and then actually answers his question and doesn't get all like weird about it and says, yeah, and tells the story. And that's the end of our season, Joe. So all in all, I, and we're going to take some questions and comments and stuff before we call it a pot, call it a podcast. I that it did end with her and at dinner with Oscar and son. And I think again, I mentioned earlier that I thought, it was just enough episodes, but maybe these Netflix series should be 11, not 13 episodes. And uh, everything we got in the Kilgrave episode should have been fine, but these two episodes could have been combined into one um, and be a little bit tighter on some of the way that the Jessica and the mother storyline concluded and have, and maybe not have Jessica do another turnaround and have her just have made this decision originally in the season and gone through with it to the end or I don't know, there's way there's ways you could have done it a little bit differently because I think they probably knew the exact point they wanted to end this season and I think it ended on a very strong way leading into future seasons of Jessica Jones but I see what you're saying now especially talking about the episode and breaking it down Joe where it gets a little cluttered in the episode 12 13 transition yeah it was I just every few minutes I kept turning around going huh what like i don't get it like costa take the shot fuck take the shot Adi fucking buko i don't know why that was the one that came to my brain right there but there's just so many moments where i'm like you do this writing shit so good why does it have to be the power that makes this decision you know people have to make these decisions too and too often in all of these you know shows it's they never take that shot and like i'm sorry but you know, Katie and I have come to terms with you ever in that kind of position, Phil, and we're in that kind. Of, I'm taking the shot, Phil. Yeah. And uh, I firmly believe the dude standing behind you threatening to kill you is going to do so if I put my gun down or anything else but shoot at the two of you. So you might get hit, Phil. I might end up killing you, 
but know that I killed you out of love to kill the motherfucker that was going to kill you. I would, I would accept that. Uh, and Tim, I would too. Tim, unfortunately, the phone line is uh, is not open right now. It there's some fucking technical malfunctioning, and I'm trying to fucking figure it out. But the uh, text line works and voicemail line works right now. So if anyone wants to get their voice in right now, please call the voice and text line at seven eight one nine nine zero eight five zero nine. I will try to get the phone line fixed by Sunday evening. For... <laughs> what are you doing? poor lotus i'm uh, i'm trying to cover the phone line so uh, so it so it's not so it's not right there i guess i could stretch her out but it would look she'd look really weird uh, if i if i like stretched her just, out just a little snouty if i did like this i'm like oh here we go yeah stretch stretch it out so yeah there we go <laughs> she's she's covered she's covering up yeah it's that's horrible but yeah the phone line the phone line are not working right now guys i am very sorry but you can definitely call and leave voicemails so i want to get to a couple voicemails that jay left and also get into a text that we have. This is first the text from area code 215. Love the season of Jessica Jones. Hope Luke Cage is just as good. And I'm actually wondering how much the Iron Fist will be out of Luke Cage. We talked about that a little bit. I do think uh, Danny Rand will be part of the next season of Luke Cage. I'd be surprised if he isn't. Oh, God. I fucking hate Danny Rand. Uh, me too, Joe. Me too, Joe. So uh, let's listen to a couple of Jay's uh, Jay's voicemails here, and let's listen to this one right now, Joe. Hey, question. Um, it doesn't have to deal with Jessica Jones. Okay, we'll take. The, well, I'll I'll listen to that question. I'll play it on a uh, different show, Jay. I'm gonna stick this to Jessica Jones right now. Let's do this one. I think Trish had her powers. Like, right after the surgery, or even right after she left the hospital to go shoot her. I think she discovered her was for the first time when she caught her phone. That was a surprised look on her face, not someone that went, oh, oh shit, okay, I can do, I can catch this with my power. She was, like, shocked that she could do Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I was, I was saying that she had powers before that more as an excuse of how she got there that fast. I don't think she manifested powers till that moment either. Right, but everybody, and like, I don't shit, think she, I spent hacky second. That's bound to happen one of these times I dropped my phone. But you think so? It's like when you use this, like when you, like when, I kick at everything I drop. One of these times it's going to, it's going to stay to my foot. Joe, know? it's like when you used to smoke cigarettes. Hey, hey oh, if our cap, uh, or Black Panther were not wearing their armor and you were fighting them, could you, could you, uh, physically match them in a fight? I don't think they're trying to give Trish enough superpowers to say that. Fair. Okay. So, um, oh yeah, what was I gonna say? Yeah, when you were when you were a kid and you smoked butts, I remember you used to always try to throw the cigarette, yeah, into your mouth, and uh, you said, I'll, "If I keep doing this a thousand times, eventually I'll get it," and you never got it. <laughs> uh, I would get it like one in every like. 20 attempts or yeah. some shit works works one of 20 times like it would, it would almost never work like if i pulled the cigarette out hey, of the pack Pete. and did it like one in every 50 i would do on the first try and then i would just keep going it would be like 20 attempts before it like perfectly went in a AK, <laughs> right. says, yeah, no. ak says loris needs to stay in westeros yeah Keep it, keep him, keep him uh, over at Westeros. Keep him out of these universes because he sucks. Uh, listen to a couple, uh, a couple more Jay's voicemails here quickly. I think it's bullshit when Jessica Jones calls out people on addiction. Okay, like seriously, call, like it was a little bit in the flashback scene when she's calling out Trisha's addiction or whatever, or a little bit later when she's calling out Malcolm's addiction, talking about you know, how he's a sex addicted. Um, 
you're a guy that fucked a guy in a bar because he said you had a nice ass, and when you did, when you showed that scene, you said how you like to go from bed to bed to bed just to forget. You're a fucking sex addict too, and you're definitely an alcoholic. You don't get to call out other people on their shit when your shit is the same. All right, later. What do you got to say about that, Joe? Any anything to add to Jay's comment there, or you agree with him? I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. She does show you addictive, know, like, especially with I, the drinking, especially with the drink. Like she, she's that's one of my big pet peeves about television, and they do it constantly. Like you have twenty episodes of fucking. I've said it before, of Law and Order or whatever, right? And, or or uh, or whatever, and and you have like these. Each one of the cops throughout the season is going to have the I'm going to go uh, beat up this suspect in the interview room. And over the season, each one of the other cops tells the 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 aggressor, you know, stop. You're going to lose your shit. You're going to you, you can't do this. This isn't you. Get it together. All that shit. Right. But like three weeks before it was them doing the same stupid shit. Yeah. And every season they have those episodes. And they just pick like a different four cast members to do it with. It's okay it's for really me. Fucking annoying. It's okay for, for me, but not for you. Let's uh, let's play let's play uh, the last message from Jay. I think. I'm trying to cover the phone. I think so, uh, I think the only reason, and you guys have already said that you're okay with it. The only reason he didn't try to shoot is because I don't think he thought he was a good enough shot to like hit Jessica's mom and not hit Jessica yeah. and maybe kill Jessica, and he didn't want to do that. <laughs> Not yeah. Jessica, the the cop, right? Yeah, and that's the, why the, I the said, Phil, up. there's a good there's a good chance I might shoot you and kill you, but know that it's because I'm trying to kill the person that's threatening to kill you, and you know, uh, like and because and- if I don't do it, he's gonna kill you. So one way or the other, Phil, you're either gonna die or not die, and the only way you don't die is if I possibly kill you. That's like. It's not great odds. It's not great. But yeah, it's, it's better a, than me putting my yeah. fucking gun down. It's worth, which means you are dead. It's worth trying. You know, it's worth it's worth doing it. It's worth taking the chance in that situation if death right. is the only other hope. We have another text message from area code four one five. It says hashtag fuck. Trish. Okay, <laughs> that, 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 that's fair. Uh, <laughs> simple, simple voicemail. And uh, and AK to answer your question. That's uh, that's SM uh, in the live Damn. motherfucking chat. That's SM down in the chat. That is uh, in the voicemail. Uh, let's go to a couple of a uh, couple of comments that we had on the Jessica Jones videos. Uh, Penny Pincher says, uh, which makes me think of Penny Pester from the movie uh, Ladybugs. So that's a great fucking name. Uh, says Trish became what she hated most, her mother. And uh, Jay says, I think that that Kilgrave is the only person that is justifiable homicide. If Malcolm is a sex. Oh, this is what he said about Jessica. Jessica was stupid. Trish gets to say more than anyone else. Uh, they need a the last two Matrix movies were awesome. You idiots. I feel just yeah, I added the idiots. I feel Jessica is annoying one. I can't believe Trish has kicked Jessica out of her life. Hogarth makes me feel like someone uh, diagnosed with ALS and connected, but still doesn't deserve sympathy. Jessica doesn't teach Malcolm a damn thing. And uh, let's continue on to a few more of these comments. And uh, Trish is officially worse than Sansa Stark, says Booney Maz. Agreed. 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 And uh, this is also from Booney Maz. I finished it already. Wait, wait. What was that comment? 
Uh, Trish is officially worse than Sansa Stark. Yes, worse. Okay, yes. Boonie Mass says, I finished it already, so I can't wait to hear what you guys catch up on it. Someone mentioned the show Runaways earlier, which is surprisingly damn good, especially for a Hulu. Phil, watch that. I think you'll like it. Um, Joe gives the best hooker advice, says somebody. <laughs> Joe, Joe definitely gives the best hooker advice. Uh, D says, oh, this is a good topic for us. Uh, DC needs more Batman Beyond, says Ty Queen. I don't watch Marvel shit anymore, but I uh, watch you guys. You guys are awesome. Uh, Duck says, just finished the season. Not going to spoil it, but it was amazing. Finally, they stopped repeating one of their mistakes with all these Marvel series. Ducks, I'd love to hear what that one mistake is now. Leave a comment in this video. Icy Fury, hey, Phil. I wasn't able to make the chat today, but I did watch episode one. Hope to make Saturday's chat. Awesome, Icy. Thank you. John Wayne, great as always. Really happy to see you guys reviewing Jessica Jones. Nothing against Star Trek Discovery, but it sucked. Uh, uh, you guys going to review Altered Carbon. Joe, have you seen Altered Carbon yet? Okay. Um, it's a Netflix series. Uh, homework. Watch Altered Carbon so you can do a review of it. Okay. Um, Bliss says, I really like the first episode, but I'm a fan of Jessica Jones series altogether, so it's not surprising. Anyways, this episode maintains my excitement. Hoping it maintains the whole season. So... Let's go into the live motherfucking chat a little bit, and then we're going to call this a live stream. Oh, we got one more voicemail. Let's see. I, th I believe this is probably going to be from Tim. I think I think Tim said he was going to leave a message, So, or I think there's one more from Jay, but I want to give Tim a chance. Tim, if you're going to call in, now would be the time to leave a voicemail as we're going to start to wrap things up. I can see Joe uh, Joe getting ready to, uh, to get, get a moving. But, oh, here we go. We got Tim's message right here, Tim. Tim's got a rant for you, Joe. All right, rant away. Here we go. Here's Tim motherfucking Gersh in the live chat. And uh, and here you go, Tim. Show is yours, buddy. Okay, first off, shut the fuck up, Bill. <laughs> or Joe, what else the case may be. Shut the fuck up, both wrong. of you. <laughs> yeah, seriously. First of all, shut the fuck up, both of you. Okay, of course. Yeah, her mom would have gone on a killing spree once the cop showed up. And Jessica didn't answer her mom. She would feel compelled to save her mom. So, yeah, they blames even more cops. Fifty cops die, then some more die. That poor old nighttime security guard doesn't get to come home to heels like being kids. All because of fucking gimp. They had to call the cops. Jessica had to do her Captain America there, which, by the way, yeah, that's what Jessica is, and Trish is Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, not the... So yeah, he's saying right on that one that uh, Jessica is the Captain America of this group. I, I might say that uh, Daredevil's the Captain America of the group, but I don't know. Oh, Sokovia. You're muted, Joe, just so you know. Accord, slang, Trish is, is... What you said, Phil. You think Daredevil is Captain America? America? Is Daredevil? Yep. Danny, unfortunately, is Iron Man. I guess because of the money. Yeah. Yeah. All together. And but, the training, yeah. uh, you know, Razagul style training. Trish is thinking with her head. <laughs> and Jessica is thinking with her heart. God damn it! 
Yeah. Tim says he was shaking with rage on this call. Let's listen yeah, to Tim. Trish had to kill her mom. She had no other choice. That was the right moving situation. Sure, again. So, do you agree with Tim there that Trish had to kill mom? She didn't have no, any other choice? I obviously, I, no, not at all. Okay. That I don't agree with. She gets out of her hospital bed and travels eight hours rather than just telling the cops. Don't like, worry, Tim. We'll play the rest of the Only message. Trish could sneak up on her and shoot her in the head out of nowhere. Like, that doesn't have... Like, that... Okay, only Trish can do it. Again, like we saw, she's in like so shit on Trish because she's a trucking. Shut the fuck up. Well, okay. Yeah, fair enough. But whatever... You know, it's not like she wasn't thinking, well, it was all going on. <laughs> and of course, the pre-cray phrase, she was only thinking, I want to get more drugs. <laughs> but yeah, the rest of the time, I mean, seriously, going back to season one, she was even thinking still. And... God, I'm so angry now. <laughs> you know what? This is over. Shut the fuck up, Tim. Tim's gonna take an angry nap now. <laughs> so, Tim, I'm gonna take that comment that you did, and I want to soundbite the I'm so angry thing to, to, to get to get it into the show. But, Tim, thank you so much for the message. It's thank you, Tim. Fucking crazy. I Joe, I listened to that first bit again. Joe, don't you hate don't you hate wishing long hair as as much as me? Don't you hate wa- washing long hair as mu- as much as me? Yes. It's the rinsing that kills me. Yes. It's 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 I I hate cuz I'm clumsy and getting uh food in it when I'm uh when if I don't think about it and I lean over food sometimes I'll get like my Oh, uh, you go to eat something and yeah. Yeah, and you eat some of the hair, yeah. It it fucking sucks. So uh, I wonder how chaotic it is for Joe to, to wash that fucking luscious hair. It is pretty fucking chaotic. But he smells good. I, I would say that about Joe. He's, uh, he's not a dirt, uh, bad-smelling hippie. He's a, he smells sunny, fresh most days. And I don't even wear any deodorant, colognes. <laughs> None of stuff. No, no horrible patchouli. So I guess no. this is as good a time as any. We want to thank everyone that joined us for all these recaps. If you haven't checked out any of them, go back and watch the whole strip. Joe and I will also try to be coming out here a few times during the week at 1 p.m. just doing random stuff like we're gonna get desperate bottom of the barrel topics when we stop coming up with like good stuff we have to talk about or we want to talk about but we're gonna try to do a couple days a week at one o'clock do probably about an hour on those hour hour and a half or something like that on podcasts when's bcs start uh the fucking september dude when's the back half really When's the back half of Vikings start? Around the same time. Really? Yeah, around like September, probably. They haven't announced the whole other season. They haven't announced. They haven't announced it yet. But I'd I'd be surprised if Vikings comes back any sooner than August. Wow! What the fuck did Hollywood decide to all vacation for like 
It's all Game of Thrones' it's fault for fucking Thrones. fucking up their order and season, and uh, and being like, oh, if Game of Thrones could do it, everyone could do it. So we can put out shows whenever we want. Uh, I think I think from uh, Vince Gilligan and all his team, he's he's basically that was his reasoning. Well, if other people can take longer to do shit, I'm taking longer to do shit too. And so I think ultimately that's the reason with Better Call Saul, and they probably maybe had some scheduling conflicts and stuff too with uh, getting certain actors, but. We'll, we'll we'll see, but yeah, we have a while, Joe, to wait for other shows. We have uh, the end of the Walking Dead season, Westworld's coming in April, and I know uh, you're not necessarily as into that as I am, so I don't know if you're into doing recaps for every episode of that, but I'll be doing recaps of that, and maybe Joe will join every few episodes for that or after the season, after he binge-watches the season. Um, and uh, Joe and I will be doing some Game of Thrones stuff coming up very soon. We're going to be doing character profiles of the characters that are left alive this season. As I've mentioned before, the first one we're doing was Cersei Lannister. So that will be coming very, very soon. We're also going to do some movie reviews and some random topic podcasts like Joe talking about some of the shows, doing shorter reviews of some stuff he's watching that he's, he thinks I should give a shot and the other way around as well. Um, shows that maybe I'm watching that I think Joe should give a shot to that he hasn't given a shot to. So, and then, and then maybe we'll watch them, come back the next week on that podcast and compare notes after watching a couple of episodes of the suggested shows and, or at least one episode of the suggested show. And then with new suggestions, it'll be sort of like, uh, at least we'll turn on the suggested show yes, for a period yes. of time. Of course. Undisclosed. Undisclosed <laughs> period of time. We have full veto power of the show. That is perfectly the reviews can be as short as two minutes. So uh so yeah, so we're gonna be doing a lot more fun stuff at this one o'clock hour. So if you've been joining us for these one o'clock podcasts on weekdays or between twelve and one, um, noon and one, uh make sure you're still subscribed. We'll have a lot more stuff and we'll also be talking about the next Netflix series. we gotta talk about this off the air, whether it's Luke Cage or the next season of Daredevil or whatever. Um, I think Joe and I are going to try to do an experiment next time where we binge watch the whole show in one day and do 20 to 30 minute reviews, uh, 20, or 30 minutes or less reviews of each episode right after it happens. Like Joe's going to come over for the day. We're going to watch an episode, come here, do a quick podcast, go watch another episode, come and do a quick podcast back and forth. We're not going to do live watches because we want to actually watch it. Right. So the Legion question, have I seen Legion? I saw a few episodes when it first started season one. And ultimately I decided that uh, I didn't, it, it's, it's a whole show that basically is exactly what I don't like about some episodes of seasons. It's like all fucking dreamy in your head shit. Like, and I, it's psychic shit, right? Yeah. I haven't, like, seen, I haven't seen it. And then like, it started raising questions to me after a few episodes. I'm going to be so fucking pissed if it's all a dream or if it's all just fucking this dude's just crazy or whatever. Like I ended up stopping. I just couldn't, I couldn't really connect to it too much, but I do have some uh, good friends that, you know, Opie, you know, it's, it's I think it's one of the best. I think I think I think broke uh, feels that way as well. Mel said looking forward to those Game of Thrones podcasts. I know it's been a while since we really got into Game of Thrones. It's gonna be fun to talk about Cersei and talk about basically what we're going to be going through is recapping her arc like we do an episode talking about every step of the way talk about some of our highlight Cersei moments read some quotes maybe play some audio. We got broke uh, broke Blackman 94 that is going to be uh, sending us a video message to talk about why she's his favorite character and 
just how she's leading into season seven. Not so much predictions and stuff or any spoilers or anything like that for anything we've learned. It's mainly going to just be recapping her story and talking about what what makes her awesome or what makes her a shit character if we were talking about a shit character or if one of us felt that way as we I think our second one we're talking about is Euron on the show so just to go just to uh, I think our first two are Cersei then Euron I uh, I lost the uh, the rest of the order but I do remember those two <laughs> so I know I know those two are the first two and then we'll see how it goes from there also talk to a couple of other Game of Thrones YouTube people that might be sharing some video messages for certain characters I have a really fun one set up for the Jon Snow episode when we finally get to that one have a really cool uh, cool uh, video or audio clip that's going to be played for that and hopefully we'll get be able to get some other folks as well so uh, yeah. So that's probably what's coming up relatively soon. And uh, Joe, thanks so much for joining me and uh, and holding off your your uh, binging of this series a little bit to uh, do this silly experiment with me. No, it's actually worked out really well. Oh, Jay says he has one last message, and why not? I'll play Jay's last message. Hey, uh, before you guys go, prediction for next season. If any relationships are saved, do you think it'll be Jessica and Tris? Jessica and Malcolm, um, Trish and Jessica, or Trish and Malcolm. All right, later. Huh? I, I think uh, he says if any relationships are repaired next season, who will it be? Will it be Trish? It will it be any of the combinations of these characters will actually repair their relationships. I say Jessica. No, I hope not. I, but I say Jessica and Malcolm come to some sort of understanding eventually. Well, I think there there'll be understandings between all of them, but none of them will ever be as close. Yeah, hanging out again. I tend to. Oh think... wait, they were not. None of them were friends to begin with. Well, Trish... like Jessica and Trish, sisters, not friends. Very definitely not friends. Uh, Jess and Malcolm, not friends. You annoy me and you keep coming to my house and trying to do shit for me. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Fuck you. I quit. Okay, great. I'm now out. he's on, he's just my neighbor again, which is all he ever fucking was. Like none of them. None of them are friends with each other. None of them have more than like almost acquaintance like fucking. <laughs> Sean says, uh, which I, I mean, I see what you're saying, Joe. I do think Jessica and Malcolm will get back to very similar working together in a professional environment again none of them ever called the other one and said let's go get a drink well jessica says you can come meet me for a drink because that no jessica says leave me alone (laughs) i'm going to a bar because whenever they call her she's at a bar uh sean says which episode of game of thrones is the best fap for uh fapping material i would say uh watch the early seasons of game of thrones when the sex position is a little bit more prevalent in some of the little finger telling Mm -hmm. giving speeches while shit's going on in the background scenes i say if you're uh looking but i I think that season one when we're like first introduced to little fingers whorehouse two when is the it, whorehouse, when they go back to the whorehouse. Oh, and Roz is there and they're training Roz her and gets stuff. There and she's yep. getting trained to be like right. the. I, th- I think if you're really looking for that, that's probably the section you're looking for. Uh, the, that that uh, Jessica looks at Malcolm like her little brother. Uh, he would be the same age. I think at some point Jessica did look at her like that, Broke. I, I, I think about that. Uh, Broke says Trisha relationship will take a long fucking time. Uh, you going out for St. Pat's? Uh, Joe, are you Joe, are you going out tonight for St. Patrick's Day? Or Saturday night for St. Patrick's Day? Oh, no, you have to no, work Saturday night. going to work. Yeah. Um, no, dude, I, I don't need a St. Patrick's Day to go fucking get drunk. 
Right. Joe Joe will be getting drunk for St. Patrick's Day a week from this Sunday for the Walking, yes, Dead, the Walking Dead when he's back I, for like the Walking I said, Dead. I gotta make up for all my spins. Yeah, he's he, he has a couple of spins in the wheel, uh, spins in the tank. Don't move Malcolm, even though you make a shit ton now. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna move too. I think he's gonna stay there as well. As a rule, right, so he can break into Jessica's apartment and steal shit from her and, and spy on her. And Tim has the probably the line of the day. Listen, as a rule, if you kill my mom. I kind of hate you forever. <laughs> so, yeah. Got, yeah, right? So as usual, Tim uh, Tim uh, wraps things up perfectly. So I also want to say, if anyone's listening to our audio podcast, thank you so much for checking out all these. I definitely see that there's some people that have been watching the audio. And if you are and you want to, sorry, I think my mouse just, my mouse just ran out of batteries. My mouse ran out of batteries, Joe. And uh, but if uh, you haven't, definitely join the YouTube channel. Be live forever, Phil. I can't. I can't scroll to the stop. I'm stuck in uh, some sort of uh, uh, Groundhog Day like loop where we have to do the same. Po- I'm, how awful would that be, Joe? I, I, it would be awful because I'm, I need a sandwich. But I'm saying, besides that, if we were stuck in having to watch like one episode, like the worst episode of The Walking Dead, over and over again in a loop for hundreds and hundreds of years, and we couldn't watch anything else. Dude, it's the key and peel. Like, I, I'm going to party till the party don't stop because I party on Monday and two Sunday. <laughs> like, that party song. <laughs> Fucking no! Kick it out of the party! Can't stop watching this awful dead episode. <laughs> that's that's people's reaction watching to our podcast, Joe. I can't stop watching this shitty podcast. Ah, no! Everyone, thank you so much. Really do appreciate all you guys checking us out this week and checking us out all through this Jessica Jones watch. The ones that watched with us, the ones that left comments and questions, and all that sort of stuff. You guys are amazing. We really do appreciate all of that. As Lynetta said, uh, Phil, no, Stephen Amell is Arrow, not Iron Fist. Let Loris go somewhere else. Don't do that to Arrow. <laughs> I said I was kidding. I just want Stephen Amell to play Iron Fist. I don't care what they do with Arrow. Just keep, just uh, get Loris out of the park to make the character interesting. But everyone, yes, if you haven't already, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Thank you to all of you guys in the live motherfucking chat. You guys are amazing. You could just turn off the TV. Yes, we could. But we like we like to torture each other. We like uh, we like the nasty things to happen. We like to feel dirty when we watch television sometimes. It makes us feel good. Oh no, I'm trying to scroll. This is this is trying to be in time to be able to shut off this stream. And when the music ends, will I make it? Will I make it? Will I? I'm making it. Talk to everyone next time. I'll be back this Sunday evening, 10.30, to recap this episode of The Walking Dead with The Walking David will be joining me. And also maybe back soon for some video game streaming on Dirty Issues. Talk to you guys very, very soon. Thank you for all the support, all the patrons. Really do appreciate it every month. Patron cast is coming. If you have special questions or comments, get them into me, any of the patrons out there. Love you guys. Talk to you soon.